The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. This room and office have gotten more and more Texas. Has it? Yes. How so? Well, I thought that was a jackalope, but it's not. It's probably... It's a mule deer. That you ran down yourself and strangled? thought it was a jackalope which is a very texas thing but it's you know you've got you've got like the mexican sugar skulls and then you've got a lot of, you think do you have a picture of willie nelson somewhere no okay <laughs> he probably should yeah you need to i'm sure he owned this land at some point you got like the it's that very desert conspiracy alien rugged it's like a convergence of a lot of texas things mm. and it's very t- i'm from here i get it even the Joe Rogan Experience sign looks like a movie theater gas station marquee. Yeah, that was actually a gift by a friend of mine. I believe it. And so when he gave it to me, I was like, that would be perfect, like right behind me. Right behind you. Yeah. So people know so people at. know what they're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's cool. It's the I Joe like Rogan it. Experience, baby. What's going on with you? How you living? Large. And Large charged. but toned. Toned. <laughs> living toned. That's, what every, that's the girl answer. Like large, not taking up too much space, but I'm owning it. Yeah, girls don't want to live large, right? You don't want to say large. I, I get unless you're like that's the, yeah that's the frame. You want to be taking up metaphysical space, but also toned. Unless it's big girl summer. Big yo, I'm all for a big girl summer. I'm all for a gross girl summer. I'm all for no Gro- one actually cares. Gross girl summer. No one's actually tried that, have they? I don't think you have to try. I think you just are gross girl. Right. And you just be like, you just don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. And just exist in your cave and be like, I'm just gross girl, enjoying my cheese. So your book's out? My book, all things, which I gave you a copy of. Yeah. You leave it in the bathroom? No, no, it's on the bookshelf out okay. there. Uh, my book, All Things Aside, Absolutely Correct Opinions, Collection of Personal Essays, is out on October 11th, the same day as my Netflix special, Hot Forever. You excited? So, I'm pumped. Yeah? Like many comics, I flew here to do this and then booked a bunch of stuff around it. Uh, and have Thanks my... for the bracelets. Thank you. Oh, I, I, I'm surprised they fit. They do. They're they're, spr- they're stringy. They are they stringy. Have, they have uh, elastic. But like I, you, I thought. I think of putting a bracelet on you like a really like vascular wolf, <laughs> and I thought the beads would just go everywhere. So give them to your daughters when you're done stretching I will. them out. Okay. I will. I'll um, give them to them. They'll be mad that I wore it. <laughs> yeah, because you got like gross dad juices on it. Yeah, it smells like a man. The worst is, I will say, now that I'm a mother, my husband is a father. I've noticed the bites he takes of my food when I share with him are like big dad bites. Like nothing will infuriate a little girl more than when your dad takes a bite of your food and it's like a moose hunk out of it. And you're like, it was just for a little bite because dads have big jaws. So he he takes food from you? How is this going on? I'll just be like, oh, do you want to try it? He'll be like, okay. And it will be like out of a peach and it'll be like a fucking horse bite. And I'm like, okay, well, that was half the meal. (laughs) Well, he's a chef, so he probably really enjoys food. So it's... Normal, yeah, it's right? well, I don't know. I'm like, just do a deer lick. It doesn't have to be this Jurassic chomp taking half of it. And I remember growing up, if my dad took a bite of my ice cream, it was like full camel lips over the whole thing and just mm. lifted up. You'll see. Ask your, your, your kids get upset when you take a big bite of their food. I don't take their food. Not, okay, taking. I don't sampling. take bites of their food. Oh, really? No. Like Unless daddy they wants offer, to try. They offer me something, I'll take it. I feel like you don't eat sugar. I eat a little bit of sugar every now and then. It's yeah. like protein ice cream. It's like I like treats. It's good. What kind of, what is it? What kind of treat does Joe Rogan eat? I like ice cream. 
But you like a dark chocolate. Yeah. 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 You like the least fun version. No, dark chocolate's fun. That's spoken like an anorexic woman. <laughs> With the hot fudge and whipped cream on it? What? So you actually like the flavor of dark yeah. chocolate. You like bitterness. I like a little bitterness. Just lick a stick. Ugh. I like dark chocolate mixed with peanut butter. That's what I like. I like to take a bar of dark chocolate. Yeah. You know, like that, like fucking eighty percent cacao chocolate. <laughs> just dip it into peanut butter. It's. It reminds me of. I don't want to. This is the only way I can shit on this because I think he's great. When you look at the Rock's Instagram, I have to say this publicly because I respect this person so much. His cheat day meals really bother me. They're insane. They're insane, but they're not indulgent. I'm sorry. It's, it'll be like... Well, it has like giant pancakes and cookies. They don't look like regular <clears throat> pancakes. They don't? It's never like buttermilk whipped cream. It's like protein, coconut, pineapple with like flavonoid peanut butter and then terramana tequila. Like it's never like the full indulgence and turkey bacon. That's an indulgence. He has turkey bacon? Lots of it. I'm just like let loose. Like where's mm. that block of cheese? And like an IV of chili. Well, he'll have like a giant tray of sushi. But it's garbage. Dwayne, you have millions of dollars. Like it, it's Costco sushi. Really? It just doesn't look. It's like a rainbow roll. And like you can afford the best sushi. Well, that's that. what he likes. No. No? He doesn't you, like it? It's some, Something's up there. You think? I, this, I just, I want, as a wish fulfillment, when I look at that, I want to see full indulgence. Not like protein powered Plant-based peanut butter. I don't think that's what he does. Go to go to his Instagram. Find I'm waiting with this most recent cheap one. It's in a video, so he's getting to he's talking. But what's he got go. there? He does have turkey bacon. Okay, like is this fun turkey for you? Bullshit. Here's a whole family of chickens, a that's wheat-free a corn meal? muffin. That's what, what I'm saying. What is that? This is no fun. Yeah, turkey bacon is definitely not fun. I don't understand it, but. You know, I mean, that's a guy that like, you, literally makes his living off of being lean. I hear that, <laughs> but I'm saying if you go to the top, I know this one recently because oh, this is there? something that I bond with my old assistant over is looking at his cheat meals. I think it's all the way at the top or, you know, I don't know where it is now. It's these pancakes that just don't look right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I'm calling you out. <laughs> they, they got like peanut butter and it's like coconut. Coconut to me is one of those like sugar substitute kind of things. That's what we got here. Look at this. That looks good. Coconut banana pancakes smothered with peanut butter blessed with maple syrup. That's fucking pretty indulgent. I don't know. Something about it. Because mm. the peanut butter, you could, like, that's my protein. Something about it. I don't know. He likes peanut butter. Maybe it's just in your head. Maybe you need to let it go. You trying to gaslight me? What is your... I'm trying to food shame this man. You trying to gaslight I me? I don't think it's food shame. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to see your perspective, but it doesn't... I'm not seeing the full caloric blast. I'm seeing... I'm just, I'm wanting to see. That looks pretty fucking caloric. A full back of bacon. I'm wanting to see heavy whipped cream. Look at all that maple syrup. Fruit compote. You don't know, you don't see that bottle. You don't know what that is. That could be Elmer's glue and he doesn't eat it. You think it's like some sugar-free maple syrup? Is that what you're thinking? I think those are keto pancakes, sugar-free agave Mm. tinted nectar, and creatine powder mixed in with nuts. I don't think so. Looks like regular pancakes. No way. Too chunky. Something's going on. Yeah? Something's going on, Joe. I don't know. Looks normal to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm a pancake Well, guy. thanks for having me. I like it. Well, there you go. In-N-Out burgers, fries, double-doubles That's with a, tequila. That looks good. It's a different meal. Yeah, yeah. That's solid, right? You want to go full indulgence, you get those fries animal style. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the animal. You not either, Jamie? Do you want to know the dirty secret about In-N-Out? Okay. It's this, like, iconic L.A. thing. You live there. Yeah. There's actually only, like, three of them. And you can't go because the line is so long. 
So in your L.A. career, you will have eaten there maybe a little bit at the beginning, but you can't be bothered to wait in line with like the 4,000 teenagers in front of that high school where the one is on orange to like get your burger. I don't know about that. I would go to L. I mean, I went to the one in Woodland Hills like once a week. Yeah, that's Woodland Hills. That's yeah. not the same density. Yeah, but I was like a valley guy. I never yeah. really lived in the city. Talking about L.A., I'm talking about Hollywood proper. I think Hollywood proper is bad for you. It is. There's too many people. That's what I'm saying. Too so you can't get the on. in and out. Yeah, but you can. You just got to time it right. You, you're like, you just fly in your helicopter. You uh. land on the roof. <laughs> and you get your double-double. The, they're pretty efficient in moving that line. There's that one that's near the 101, the one uh, mm-hmm. near Hollywood. I yes. would always hit that one on the way home from the store. Yeah, I don't live... I didn't live in I don't live in Woodland Hills, so my experience is a much more congested one. Yeah. Like I don't leave the house between the hours of like seven and ten or like three thirty until Christmas next year. Because there's too many humans. It's just too much. It's yeah. just too many people who don't understand urban etiquette. Too many people who don't it's just too much. It's too What's congested. What's urban etiquette? When you grow up in a city knowing like green means go, red means stop, yellow is maybe you go adhering to the like civic laws versus like i'll just put my head down open up candy crush and put my foot on the gas and just go people are just they're just walking whenever going whenever well there's just too many humans in la and it you you lose value like people become they become a they, they they become a nuisance rather than like your community you know it's like there's too many of them i think you have to carve out your community and you spend a lot of time and effort to find like your little chunk of a hovel of a of a community and i used to joke that everyone says la is too many people and then i was and i thought la actually is the perfect amount of people because half of them moved to austin and then a bunch of people died in the pandemic so we have are intense we have a different intense yeah we have a it's a lot it's just everybody has a car we don't have a great public transit it's not like new york where everyone takes a public transit right so no it's terrible so when people complain about traffic in Austin, I'm like, this is a picnic. No. Love people that. that complain about traffic in Austin were born here. They right. don't understand what they traffic don't. is. They don't. I've seen battle. Traffic here is a joke. I'll, I'll leave here at 5 o'clock and drive home easy. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. It's great. Yeah. I was in the Uber yesterday. He's like, I apologize for the traffic. I'm like, <laughs> I literally haven't. I didn't even. It doesn't phase me. It's all relative, though. That's why people get used to L.A.'s traffic. Or The worst is Orange County people. That that's fucking nightmare. Trying to get to Orange County and then try to get out of Orange County, get to LA. That's a joke. Especially as a comic, it's such a specific grind because, it, like, if you were gonna play the Irvine Improv just for a quick gig, you have to leave at like one in the afternoon. Yeah, it's not a it's not technically a long drive. And then somehow in the over the decade in the seventeen years I've been doing comedy, the five is always under construction. You cannot get always. home from Orange and. Kudos to them for working on it at night, not being like, let's just post up during work hours while everyone's driving. You cannot. You They put you on some weird freeway that involves like a conveyor belt and a subterranean mule car. Like you cannot get home straight shot. Yeah. Like people are so mad in Orange County. They're like, how could you say that? Do you I'm think you'll be in L.A. Your rest, the rest of your life? No. No? Where are you going to go? I think about that. I was actually just talking to... I was talking to another comic who said they applied for Canadian citizenship as like an exit strategy. Jesus Christ. And uh, Who the fuck is that? I'm not going to say it, just in case for some reason it was a secret now that I'm thinking it. I'm mm. not going to say it. Um, I don't know. I, so we everybody, first of all, is always the threat. Like, I'm moving out of here. I'm torn between my duty as an American to stay and make this a better place. 
right? Stay and fight for what you believe and, and try and register people to vote, things like that. And I spent a month in Europe uh, doing shows in October. And the first two weeks, I was like, these people get it. They understand relaxing. They understand the value of life. This is beautiful. And by that third week, I was like, give me my fucking check. I have to, I cannot die in this cafe. Like, why is there no CVS? Why can I not buy NyQuil? I think I'm too programmed as an American to have everything when I need it and pay for the things that I need. Like, my husband got really sick and we had to go to emergency room in Sweden. And they just left him there in a room for like five hours. And part of me was like, you're doing this because he's American. But then I was like, can we call a doctor? I'll, I'll pay for a doctor. As you would if you were sick, you'd have someone come. Yeah. This is not, we do not do this. And Socialized like, medicine. But someone, I was like, what, what, what if, a, if a celebrity comes here and they need something and they're only rev, like we had John Cleese and he came and he just waited. And I'm so like, that was a question you asked if a celebrity came? <laughs> Seriously, like what if, what if somebody who, <laughs> let's say Beyonce comes and she needs like a steroid shot. Not right. that I'm at Beyonce's level, but here I am as an American. I'm like, I'm willing to pay for something extra because he's sick. I'm pregnant, so I can't catch what he has. How can we speed this up? I have a show. And they were like, he can just rot in this box. And I would still move to Sweden. I really love the people. But I was, as an American that's used to being able to get what you need when you need it, that was a tough one. Yeah, I think the difference is like... Poor people in America probably have the experience too. I'm gonna, of course, people are gonna DM this to me. They're gonna be like, "You're a fucking bitch." You, I know, I know, we're teed up for that. But you could, if you had the resources and you could not make an appointment, you can call a doctor. I'm sure you've done it. And so, I was looking out for the, you know, Texas. You'll appreciate this. I was looking out for the life of my fetus, and I was just like, "How do we get him some medicine so that he's not getting even sicker?" He was sick for like two full weeks. Were you over there touring? Mm-hmm. What were the shows like? Lit. Yeah. They were so the crowds were so good. I did Portugal, I did Sweden, I did Norway. And uh, just one more thing, they they don't have medicine the way that we do here. Like they didn't have they don't give out drugs the way that we do. There was no NyQuil. Like it was they don't give out s- strong ph- pharmaceutical drugs like we do. And so he couldn't take the things that he normally would take. And that was a an interesting experience. So what do they give you? Some like Swedish sleeping pills? I don't remember what they gave him. Everything, you know, they don't, we always, our pharmaceuticals are just like built into our everyday lives. Like I, as a pregnant woman, went without any heartburn medicine and I had to find like some special heartburn thing there because they don't have Tums and it just like sticks in your teeth and you're just like, I hope this works. And it did. What causes heartburn? Like what are you getting heartburn from? Like acid reflux? Like just, well, when you're pregnant, the baby, everything's squished in. So your food sits, like you can't eat and then lay down. So Uh. it just kind of builds up. And so I get heartburn normally and I would just get it worse so I was just chewing on these tablets I'm blanking what they were called and they had them all over Europe so it was just what the fuck is in those tablets like what's in a Tums I'll tell you what I don't know but my baby was born with like a grown man's head of hair really (laughs) like a full head of hair and like already has like six teeth and she's eight months old wow so it was those European heartburn tablets extra calcium baby so, like, if you get heartburn in America, is it diet-related? Is it stress-related? Like, what, what gives you heartburn? You don't have heartburn ever? No. I guess I don't have it as much now. I think a lot of things can. I think some for some people it is genetic. Like, what's it feel like? It feels like there's something burning coming up your throat. Or that like around all, the, all the time with you? When I was pregnant, I got it a lot. Do you get it, like, before you were pregnant? Did you get it? There was a time where I got it a lot, and... 
I can't tell you why, and I, I'm not positive why I don't get it as much now. Obviously, if you eat acidic foods like tomato sauce, any sort of nightshade, like a eggplant, maybe that'll do it. Really? Heavy, greasy food. It can do it. Some people have it so bad, it can lead to esophageal cancer if it is wow. a, a chronic Wow, so the, thing. the irritation is constant and then it causes cancer? Uh, for some people, it can lead to that, like that constant corrosion Jesus of Christ. that. I mean, I used to get it super bad, and I also like had an ENT on speed dial just because I toured so much. So I think that's where I had like a textual relationship with my doctor. Because if you have got a gig, you've got multiple shows, you lose your voice, and you need a steroid shot. So I guess that's what I mean when I talk about having Do you get those? Someone. Like if you, you... I have. Really? Oh, my God. I mean... Like a cortisone shot or something? Mm-hmm. And where do they put it? In your neck? Right in my tongue. No, uh, it's in your, in your arm, in your butt, in your oh, okay. arm. And it, it's a steroid shot, so you can't do more than a couple a year. It's really, they're not good for you because it just speeds everything up. But, like, for the first day, you're just like, let's go! Like, it's like rocket fuel. And really? then you're taking, it depends on what kind of, if it's a pack or whatever. Um, but I've definitely had shows where, like, I cannot miss it. And my voice sounds like this. Oh. And you got to get that shot and then just, like, grab, grab your throat and pray. And so that's a normal thing for you? Not now. For some reason, I think maybe I just learned to speak better on stage. I do less uh, gobliny voices. I take better care of myself now that I'm elderly <laughs> and a mother. Um, and I definitely don't. Dr- I never drank before I went on stage. It's not my thing. But I definitely. You guys are talking about sober October. I don't think I drink enough in the first place to even qualify participating. Bert sure does. Yeah. Yeah. Bert goes hard. We we started sober October really kind of to intervene. With Bert's lifestyle, just try to see if we could just like at least one month a year. He could do it. Yeah, he does it. Yeah, he's done it. We've done it like four or five years. Don't in a row. they do like weight loss challenges? Yeah, like him and t- yeah, it's yeah. like it's all a part of the thing. Gain the weight and then lose it, and gain the and yeah. the drinking. But that's that's part of the image too. Like, what do you do when something is so part of your ethos and everything? Right. I think a lot of like I remember. I'm not gonna say the comic. There's one comic I know who drinks some sort of brown liquor on stage, and he was like, "It's iced tea." Like, at a certain really? point, you're like, I can't sustain this. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that seems kind of fake. I mean, if it's part of a prop and it's part of a thing. Yeah, but just be real. Yo, I don't drink at all before shows. I keep it very real. I, I was on stage once, and someone gave me a fake shot. I go, what the fuck is this? And then, they're like, the, the waiter brought over a fake shot. Because they, they thought, I go, no, give me the real stuff. You I'm wanted grown, the real thing. Grown adult. I, no, somebody got, gave me a shot. They said, get him a shot. And so they They, they thought they were doing me. you a solid. Exactly. Right. I wouldn't take a shot for very different reasons, and those being safety reasons. Right. You, yeah, but you're getting it from the waiter. I'm not you're getting, getting it from a, just some rando in the audience. Hands you a shot. You're, you're absolutely right. I do know a comic that did happen. It did happen. Something was drugged, and she was like, I just woke up the next day. Whoa. Yeah. I also don't do it because I have a policy where I don't drink on stage. But also, I mean, I've definitely, like, on a full party of a show, someone sent a shot and I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm at work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I have talked to so many women who've been drugged at nightclubs where someone <sighs> gives them a drink and there's something in it and they like... just feel funny and they're, either their friends rescue them or mm-hmm. something horrible happens. Like, it's that's a fucking creepy thing. Not only is it creepy... It's something that I look back at the partying that I did. Regular partying. Never hot enough to do, like, yacht partying. (laughs) Regular partying. And I can't believe that never happened. And I look back to, like, a frat boy that I dated in college. And, like, those parties. And, like, 
just going out in L.A. and as intelligent as you might be, the dumb choices you make in your 20s. Yeah. And just thankful that I got out unscathed because it does seem to it's just a, a huge part of our society that this just happens. Well, it's very scary today, too, because of fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Which is the number one killer of people eighteen to forty nine right now? This show brought to you by fentanyl. You have to give it the yeah. plug. Uh, it's uh, that's the scariest because they're giving you they're, you know, giving people things in their drinks that they don't expect, and most likely it's probably fentanyl in it. Let me ask you this. Let me ask people this. This is my question. Because you you hear a lot of girls that are like, I was drugged and I just woke up at home, or my friends had me. Mm-hmm. So. In the mind of someone who's a guy who's going to drug you, because it seems oftentimes they drug you, but then they're not there to collect you. So is it just about fucking up someone's night or drugging them and then hoping to move in later? It seems like people just drug people just to do it. Am I way off in this? I think there's probably a bunch of different things going on. I bet there's certain people that drug people and they have no intentions of doing anything, anything with them. They just think it's funny to drug people. Or they just really you think that's yeah. the thing? I think wow. there's, creep, there's creepy people that just want to drug people, and they just get a kick out of it. There's just there's some sociopaths out there, some sure. really fucking evil. Cre- you all right? What Yo, happened? I hit my thumb. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's a lot of creepy evil people out there that you know, you know it's that hurt people hurt people thing. Sure. Like anybody who's doing that's probably been abused. They probably have some really fucked up view of human beings, and they. Or just like voting for pro-life legislation, like those kind of people, for sure. Just, no, I no. don't know. I don't know if they're the same folks. I think those are religious folks. Why not lump them in? No. I got no problem with it. Lump them in. Well, I think pro-life people, the problem with the, the whole pro-life abortion thing is like when it gets late term, you know, that's when people get weirded out. Well, I don't think that's what they're, I don't think they're considering that. I think no. they're like, from the jump, whatever's worse for the girl, let's do that. You think that's really what they think? Yep. I think they're doing it for religious purposes. I, I think they really there's I've had a guy on this podcast, the CEO of the Babylon Bee, and his perception is that life begins at the moment of conception. That's cool that that's his perception for something that he doesn't have to carry right. or contend with. I'm yeah. not interested in that. Yeah, uh, if, if men had to carry, it would be a completely different You could get an abortion day. at a frozen yogurt shop. Yeah. It'd be uh, an app on your phone. And look, I I think the thing that worries me the most about it is there are the people who believe in this for religious reasons. Okay? Yeah. They've, they've, they've drank that Kool-Aid. But I do believe the people at the top that are administering this legislation, that are passing these bills, that are reaping the benefits of these things socioeconomically, they are saying it's for religious pur- you got to wrap it in something digestible mm-hmm. so they make it about religion, which people then take to their congregations and they dispense it. But I don't think for the most part people believe it's a religious thing. But then religious warriors take up that cause on behalf of of people who will be profiteering off of it and who are doing it for a different reason, be it racial, be it social, be it economical. And so I do think it's this thing that you think you're doing something good for your Lord and Savior, for your religion, but you're just carrying out the mission of other people. Mm. I think it's a sheepy way to be. Well, I think there's a lot of people that most certainly do it because it's a political football. Like that becomes like a, a dividing line between the left and the right, and it galvanizes. Well, that's also what's unfortunate is that because this is such a polarizing issue, people become single-issue voters. So any agenda you might have as a conservative that may not be a bad idea or may be a fiscally good idea, people don't want to hear it because you've planted your flag in something that we shouldn't have been arguing over. Right. So it's very, because you're a single-issue voter now, our communities will suffer, and anything conservative that one might have agreed with doesn't get heard. That's a shame. 
that we can't come together on stuff. Now it's too black and white. Yeah, well, there's definitely a weird divide of left and right because there's so much crossover ideas and there's so many people that believe in more of a centrist philosophy and it doesn't get represented politically. Correct. You know, the pol- the politics of this country are the represented by the far left and the far right in terms of like what people are afraid of. Mm-hmm. When they think of the right, they're afraid of, uh, you know, access to abortion, health care, uh, gay rights. That's another one that they're, that's really creepy is that the same people that were calling for the ban on Roe v. Wade are now calling for a, an appeal yes. of same-sex marriage. Because you give them an inch. Yeah. And it's about taking it back to this like 1950s or we can even say antebellum because this also plays into race. Taking it back to that. What's antebellum? Antebellum is like hearkening back to the South. So like, What does that word mean? Antebellum. Well, that's why, like, Lady Antebellum had to change the name to Lady A. Antebellum refers to a time in the South pre-slavery, glorifying oh. those days, which I don't think the band meant for that. I think Antebellum's become associated. What band? Lady Antebellum. I don't, know, I don't know what that is. This was a whole thing a couple of years ago. This It's a country band, Lady Antebellum. Oh. They've got some great songs, and they had to change it to Lady A. Oh, because of that. Because of the word. Much so like is that the, what the the actual definition of antebellum is? is yes. Pre-slavery? Uh, no, no. During is. slavery. Occurring or existing before a particular war, especially the American right. Civil War. During slavery. The convention of the antebellum South. So oh. it harkens back to, you know, mint juleps and having a plantation. Click and on that. Stuff. What does antebellum literally mean? Before the war. So it means before, before the, the Civil war. war. This is during slavery. This is it's glamorizing a time during slavery. Well, it says it it wasn't widely associated with the U.S. Civil War until after that conflict was over. The word comes from the Latin phrase antebellum, literally before the war. So it literally means before any war. But, they, but the earliest known print appearance in English dates back to the 1840s. Right. So in America, it's the Civil War. We're not talking about Iraq. Right. But they're saying English print, it dates back to the 1840s before the Civil War. Sure. So this is all, but this is all, the whole point was it was all uh, romanticizing a time when slavery was legal. Got it. Yeah. Um, And uh, the Dixie Chicks also had to change their name for that reason. Oh. So now they're just the Chicks, which sometimes you don't know what band people are talking about. Well, the Dixie Chicks, do you remember when the Dixie Chicks came out and said that they were embarrassed that George W. Bush was our president and then the fucking South went after them. Oh, yes. And they were fucked. Like, I think it kind of tanked their career because they were very popular. I think it was Natalie. I want to say it was Natalie Maines is the one that said it. Uh, And they went, two of them went to my high school. Their mom was uh, our teacher. Um, Wow. What's unfortunate, and this is when we, you know, this was an opportunity for men who hate women to decimate someone and women who uphold that sort of thinking of, you know, women should keep their mouths shut. The Dixie shuts. Chick thing was? Yeah. yeah. I was in a coffee shop in the middle of Texas not long ago, and I have a shirt on that says apologize to the Dixie Chicks. It says the chicks, and that kind of obfuscates the message, but apologize to the chicks. And there was a man sitting there. We're in the middle of Texas at a coffee shop, like a local watering hole kind of coffee shop. And you could tell, and he was probably in his 70s, nice Texas man, and he was like, this is our coffee shop, what does your shirt mean? And I explained to him about the Dixie Chicks, how, given everything that's happened, they didn't deserve the hellfire that rained down on them for expressing an opinion. And his opinion was, well, you know, you can't go around saying stuff about your government. It's like, well, you can, actually. It's called freedom of speech. You guys fight for it every day. And I simply said to him, you know... I can get mad at someone for their political opinion, but I, I strangely draw the line at threatening to kill a woman or rape her 
over that opinion. And he stepped back and he was like, well, yeah, that's a lot. So I think people don't realize, especially when a woman says something wrong, the types of threats that come down that you might brush off or a guy doesn't think about. But if I get up and I'm like, I hate Joe Rogan, I hate his podcast, and you'll get men that are like, I hope you get raped, I hope you die. Like, And these experiences, and I actually talk about this in my new special, it's a lot funnier than I'm making it sound now, are not just online, they get carried out. People shoot up schools because of their hatred of women. What school's been shot up because of hatred of women? University of Santa Barbara. That kid wrote a whole manifesto. Oh, that's right. That's that. That was like the first incel, right? Montreal. In terms of like a, a popular incel that, uh, where, where it was discussed. 1989, Montreal Massacre. This guy also having an issue with being unfuckable shot up, shot a bunch of people in the name of this. It is some, the guy that shot up that strip mall in Atlanta had a whole thing about how women don't pay attention to him. Those were Asian women he targeted. So this is, these, we're talking about, she said something as a political belief and then... By and large, what happens is you do something and then people come at you. You know, you bring a knife to a fight. People come with a gun, literally. Mm. These are very real things that women have to think about when you exercise your free speech or just ideas just as a man would. You have to think about your physical safety. These are very real things. It's the reason I have a security at shows. It's not because of women. It's not because of women coming up to me. Yeah. Which they have. And, like, that's not scary. <laughs> But you never know. But if a man came out and said, I'm embarrassed that George W. Bush is our president, and he did it like that, he wouldn't have to think about that aspect. It wouldn't be, I hope you get raped. Uh, I, might, I mean, it might not be rape. People might say violent things about him. You'll For get sure. people that, you know. But when you and I leave a building at night, you think, we've talked about this, you yeah. think about your walk a lot differently than I do. And I do it naturally. I look around, you know. Yeah. And so... That's why I'm shocked I have gotten through all those parties unscathed. Like, it's just a different way that you kind of walk through the world. Less impunity. And so I think that's what bothered me about the Dixie Chicks things was, like, she said something, and it wasn't at a time where people were exer where people were exercising free thought like they were because the ubiquity of the Internet hadn't taken over. Right. And so... Well, it's also just a basic human decency thing. If someone expresses an opinion, the worst human beings in the world are going to be the ones who express the hope that you get murdered or raped or, you know, like For anything. Sure. I hope your family gets run over by a truck. Those, It's just the worst kind of human beings. Yeah. And that is with any disagreement on anything. The, the rational, logical thing to do, someone says, you know, I'm embarrassed that that's my president, is to say, you know, why you disagree. Or mm -hmm. why, you know, why you think that's not a, a good thing to say. But to, to hate the person right. and to wish harm on the person for expressing an opinion is just because you're a fucking idiot. You're, you're I, like, the, your perspective yeah. sucks. It's, it's just so out of whack. Yes. It's so warped, you know. And it, I don't think cancel culture is any different. You know, you take someone, let's say you made a bad joke once. People would want, they want you to not, it's not about the apology. They want your career ruined. And so you look at someone like Harvey Weinstein. That man should be in jail because what he did to so many women was horrific. One guy touches a woman in a, by accident. Like actually, I take that back because that never happens. One person says something. They say they're sorry. I think oftentimes the punishment outweighs the crime. Well, it does today because there's sport in it. There's sport in trying to take someone down. Yes. There's sport in trying to ruin someone's life. And there's also a lot of people out there that don't have anything going on. 
and which is always the people that do things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not someone who's got their life in order that starts some sort of a campaign to cancel someone for a bad joke. It's usually someone who's a fucking loser. Absolutely. And then what happens is there's like there's it becomes this overcorrect. There are people who deserve to be canceled for doing terrible things over and over. But nobody ever thinks they did anything wrong. So then you get this other side that's like, oh, if a guy looks at a woman wrong, he's going to get canceled. I used to think no one was getting canceled who didn't deserve it. But the more we move into this cancel culture, the more I start to ask, like, if somebody does one thing wrong that really, you know, that hurts no one or they write a joke or they say something or they, you know, hit on a woman, right? Is it a pound of flesh that's owed? Is it your whole life? Yeah. Is it money? Well, it's like, like what are is you owed? defined by your worst moment and I does, believe does so. that negate at, well it depends on what your worst, worst moment is right. shoot up a school for sure you yes. know if your worst moment is a bad joke no it's but it's it's the sport of it that's the problem and it's also navigating this newfound power that people have through the internet mm-hmm. you know that what comes with this great power is great responsibility but there's no responsibility to people that can just attack people online and they enjoy it, and they enjoy it from the anonymity of their own bubble, and they're tweeting, and you know, or whatever they're doing. You're absolutely try. right. And it's um, it's it's navigating this new power and navigating this new world that we live in, where cancel culture type things that people look for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking for a nail because they have a hammer. You know, if you give someone uh, a big box of rocks and there's a window there, there's a very strong urge to throw a rock at that window. And it's very rare that someone takes like this compassionate, charitable view of another human being and just goes, you know, people make mistakes. And Mm -hmm. the most important thing is that we all try to do better, that everybody tries to do better in their life. I think people say that. And then when it comes to whatever their agenda is, they forget about that. And I understand rage and I understand I understand hurt, um, but I don't think people understand context. And I think. Because people, you say hurt people, hurt people. I think people feel so powerless and so angry. Yeah. So you grab onto whatever you can grab onto. And I think we just have to be careful in rallying those troops. You know, I think of the petulant Internet masses. And I do talk about this in my book. I think of them as like zombies. Like in every movie, it's always like, be quiet, be quiet. Because you don't want the zombie to like feel your warmth or hear you. And that's, you know, whatever you, if you can just, if you can just say nothing and sustain and maintain. If you truly did like nothing really wrong, they'll move on. Yeah. But if you've ever argued with someone in a comment section, you know that that attracts more of them. Of course. Well, also they have your attention. Right. And they think that because you're a public person, you have some sort of an advantage in life that you shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. They want to attack you no matter what. Right. They, like if you're a public person, I mean, your fans will chime in and say, no, we love her. Fuck you. But most no. people who don't know you that yeah. are hopping into the fray are doing it with the idea that they're going to destroy something. That is destroy something, something beautiful. Huh. And it's this idea of like, it's so delicious to destroy something. The schadenfreude of watching someone get wrecked because they have something you want or you feel they owe you something. People love that. Everybody has receipts on someone else and everybody has something that they wish they could do differently or take back. And there's just no, we don't allow for context. We don't allow for conversation. And that's on the left and the right. And it's just in general. What if you had a fulfilling life? Like it's one thing if somebody has multiple civil rights infractions and you're like, look, look, this person systemically has done awful things at their company. But what if you had a fulfilling life and a goal and a passion and something else? Would you spend your whole life trying to ruin other people? 
most people don't have the time to do that. I think it's this new power that is, that exists in the world and this new ability to to express themselves and to disseminate information that needs to be navigated. I think it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this is a wave. It comes in and comes out and that's like like we're seeing with like me too. There's like probably an overcorrection and it comes back and balances out and then you have like the Amber Heard situation people are like, "Well, what about her?" Like some there's women out there that are just like men. They're, they're yeah. just, there's crazy people on both sides of the aisle. And I think that it's just this newfound ability to express mm-hmm. information that is just it's unprecedented. There's never been a time in history where you can have these yeah. mobs of people that can just attack from their phone. From their phone. I also think, you know, this is we are learning, we are growing up in real time with the internet. Yeah. And nobody, and I've said and I I believe this when the internet came around, you know, you fast forward to several years later, let's say we got Twitter, right? We have social media versus just the internet. Uh I don't think the average person, I'm sure people at tech companies and some futurists, and maybe you, understood that it was forever. When I would tweet out something like, oh, I fucking hate whatever, yeah. McDonald's or this person, we didn't really understand those ramifications. When you took those pictures, when you take a cute picture in a bikini, like you don't realize, you didn't at the time, nobody explained or got or they didn't want you to know. This was going to be forever. Right. And we were all learning that in real time, but now you have to pay for it. I will forever have to be looking at pictures of me in a bikini that I posted eight years ago. Like, I look fine. It's not a scandalous picture, but, like, nothing gets forgotten. Right. And the more we move on with the Internet, you know, you shit your pants at a school recital and that's on the Internet. Like, it's there. It will eventually get tamped down. People aren't going to see it as much. But. But it's out there. We forget that we're all learning this in real time and. We do this as it's like this whole gotchaism. Uh, I watched a video yesterday of this lady. She's walking to a store, and uh, she's got flip flops on and a skirt, and she's just walking. It's like a security camera, and then she stops, and she puts her hand over her butt, and then she walks a little further, and she stops again, and you can see her like clinch her butt cheeks, and then she like looks around, and then shit falls out <laughs> of her skirt onto the ground, and she moves away. Have you seen it, Jamie? Yeah, yeah. That poor lady. Did they show her face? Yeah. Okay. You want to see it? I don't. (laughs) Because that will be me one day. That was almost me on the way here. (laughs) This poor lady. I saw that. I was like, oh my God. Talk about a surveillance state. And also, another thing that you've seen a significant uptick in on TikTok in particular is the filming of strangers without their consent. Yeah. That woman, these people, oh, this guy's got... And it's always done in the name of comedy or to catch someone. It is. What's this one? Well, at least she's blurred out. No, this is a different one. Somebody stepped in it. Oh God, I, this is a different one. Yeah, it's the, I've seen it. Revolting moments. Times, but... Scroll, scroll back up. Well, Revolting cool. moment. Lady poos on the floor while walking through lobby before unsuspecting man steps <laughs> in it as she runs off. So does she have like no underwear on? She's just shitting. Yeah, let me see the. You kind of know you're doing that, don't you? I think, I think. So this lady just walking and she just, oh my God. Are we sure it's poop? She just, yes, she just shit as she's walking. And this guy just, oh God. How did he not see that? Well, how did he see it? Why would he expect to see shit? He's just walking. He's right behind her. I mean, the, the, the time between her shitting and him stepping in it is just like a second. That's That's awful. That is, imagine if he fell and it landed in his fucking clothes and oof. 
Some dudes are into it. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, Sheila. Too. What's that? That's when it happened to Tim Hortons, but that was a little bit more of a thing. Disturbing video of woman at She's Tim Hortons. Why is disturbing in quotes? Well, this lady was. Oh, this lady shit against a wall. Yeah, she, yeah, she was just crazy. Why is it? Why is it like disturb? Like some don't think it is. It's in quotes. Like allegedly, it's disturbing. Oh, disturbing in quotes. No, yeah. Why is that in quotes? I don't know. Why is it in quotes? But, it's definitely disturbing. I mean, you talk about lack of a right to privacy. Like, you are being filmed everywhere. By I think it should be illegal to film someone without their consent. But what about if it's a store and you're worried about people robbing them? I think you have a sign posted that says, just so you know, without them being aware. Mm. Like, you're consenting by going in that store. And if you're not doing anything wrong, it's not a big deal. People are just filming people. Right. That's a different thing. That's Yeah, the people filming, filming thing is kind of fucked. Because, like, people love to, like, stick cameras in people's faces and ask them questions. It's like, what are you doing, man? There's no reason for this. I know. TV, you got to like hunt, you got to wrestle them to the ground and be like, please sign this release. Right. And these kids, these are, you got 15 TikTok followers. You live in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no one can come after you because you have no identity associated with your handle. Right. So there's a lack of accountability and our laws are so glacial and archaic that we haven't caught up to the internet yet. Yeah. No, it's very weird what what our laws are in terms of that, the, the, the privacy laws. It's very, it's very weird because, like, here's another thing. Like, if you buy a house, if you buy a house, people could just post your house and that you bought it and people oh Google God. your address instantaneously. I know There's no laws on that. I know it's happened to you. It's happened to me. And it happens to everybody. It's, but especially as a public figure, and we even reached out to the quote-unquote writer that does it, and I'm like— They don't give a fuck. And, and we try to say, like, hey, I have a stalker. We have a case with the police. Could you please not post— she sleeps on the north end. Like, here's where the master bedroom is. Like, fine, right. a picture with no reference, great. But they don't need to know the layout that I sleep on the second floor. Like, they don't need to know that. Yeah. It, there's just such a lack of accountability and awareness for personal safety, particularly women's safety. Well, but. there's no laws in, in regards to that. Like, we need new privacy laws in terms of what you're allowed to put on the Internet. Well, and so people here would be like, well, get you a gun. Be your own law. Mm. Eh. <laughs> It's not that simple. I mean, you're you're opening up a door. You shouldn't have to defend it with bullets. You know, you shouldn't just because somebody decides to like post where you sleep. You shouldn't have to be like fucking cocked, armed, and ready. I agree. Every time you go to the bathroom, it's I just... sh- it shouldn't be news is the other thing, and it shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't be allowed. People get mad about stuff. Nobody ever goes after the media outlets. The outlet that posts the picture of your wife in a bikini on your, you know, on your vacation. The outlet that says something about your body. The outlet that puts that out there. Somehow yeah. those writers, it's never about them. And it always becomes about the story. This is that's a shitty way to make a living is just pretending it's journalism, but really showing how fat someone got. <laughs> well, it is a vulturous way to make a living. There's a, there's a bunch of articles that I'm seeing lately. Maybe it's just like my Google News feed, but there was articles are like of weird sh- like how is this an article like one of them was like a guy left a bad tip so the woman chased him down out in the street and confronted him and this is an article and I'm like that's an everyday that. occurrence if you're a waitress right like the idea that this is now a story but right. it doesn't matter because that's the kind of thing that makes people click on things because journalism is kind of fucked now because it's all about clicks because right. you don't really make a lot of money off of print journalism anymore right so the sensationalism would- of it yeah. So what they're getting money from is advertising clicks. And believe it or not, a woman chasing down a guy who left a shitty tip will get you just as much clicks as, you know, some climate change accord where, you know, some consortium of scientists get together. 
and chain themselves yeah. to a Bank of America building. It is how do we sensationalize everything? The right news doesn't get the the correct news doesn't get the appropriate attention. And you really do. It is harder and harder to seek out the education that you deserve. It is harder and harder to educate yourself because everybody is positive that they're right. Mm -hmm. Everybody's positive. Everyone is wrong. It's hard to trust people and it's hard to know what side of the graph you're looking at. Right. And it requires and none of us for the most part have it. And everybody's very content to sound off on anyone if you have an opinion as if they have all the facts, but they just got them from another talking head. Right. So that's why scientists and doctors and people with degrees in this are so important versus just taking this news from wherever. That's also why objective journalism is so important. And it's very difficult to find nowadays. It's very hard because everything yeah. is biased from one perspective, whether it's a right wing perspective or a left wing perspective, and they flavor yeah. and, and shape and mold the narrative just to suit whatever they think their audience wants to hear. Well, you have to have your eyes so open because if you are coming from any sort of marginalized group, that colors it like I'm Jewish. So when I see a headline about Jews or Israel or Palestine, I always pay attention to the phrasing. Mm -hmm. You're like, what's the real agenda here? And sometimes it requires being of that group to fully see the intention you know if you're black you're going to look at a headline about a, about uh, an altercation with police you're going to look at that wording differently than someone than a white person that doesn't think about that like right. it's just it colors your perspective and your and your history in life colors the way you read those and so you're right it is hard to find just like the facts like yeah. here is what happened here is that decide for yourself well it requires a lot of work and you can't do that about too many subjects because you just don't have the time if you're a person right. that has an eight hour a day job and then you have a family and hobbies and friends and like you don't have the time to be trying to figure out like why is fluoride in the water? Why is it like like you got to take that shit down. It'll take you forever. But then so here you go. And now it's time to vote. Mm -hmm. And you got some guy that's like, hey, I want to protect us and everything and do everything that's right. Yep. And all these bullshit things are baked into it that are infringements on our civil liberties. And you're like, well, I didn't take the time. So this guy seems like me yeah. should be OK. Yeah, we look for someone who makes us feel good. Like, I'll feel good voting for him. I don't like her. She's a cunt. And they just decide this is how I'm voting. You know, like, yeah. that's, I mean, that was a lot of people's perspectives on Hillary Clinton. I talked no, to a lot I'm of people. I'm pretty sure everyone loved her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she, she <laughs> The won. most loved. I, I was, I, I liked Elizabeth Warren. She's Why? cool. What? I just like, same, I liked her. I like, Sakon I like her tenacity. Artist. Yeah, but, but, okay, who isn't? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Okay, but did you vote for Bernie? He wasn't available to vote for. Did you vote in the? I didn't vote for in the primary. In the primaries, right? Yeah, uh, I did. But I had him on my podcast, and he was very sincere. Okay, cool. I've I had my mom on my podcast. You want to flex? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I think he's very sincere. I think he, yeah. uh, you know, he's got, he's very idealistic. But give that a chance. Maybe maybe that's better than someone who's fucking jaded. You I know? mean. I don't understand what one has to do with the other. I was just saying I liked her, but what it's all one has to do with the other. What do you mean? What, what, someone being idealistic versus what is her being a con artist? My whole point was that people have locked and loaded these opinions about people, and everyone's awful, and every woman is called a bitch when they run for politics. Ever Sarah Palin because the types of men that call women bitches voted probably for her from the get go. Well, Tulsi Gabbard's not. I think Tulsi Gabbard's amazing. I don't know who that is. You know who she is? No. Congresswoman from Hawaii ran for president in 2020. 
Okay. Yeah, she uh, she's the one who called out Kamala Harris on her um, prosecution record for people with uh, marijuana felonies. I do know that. I do also know that. kept people in jail illegally past the time they were supposed to be released to force them to work as cheap labor to fight right. wildfires. Will she be running? No, she actually just did the podcast recently, and she's well. It doesn't. What, what she, is it? Update. Doesn't she is running. Next week, but I've, yeah, here's uh, next week. What? A little bit of breaking news. Okay. On Biden sort of pardons topic. thousands of people Whoa! convicted of marijuana possession under federal law. Wow. As it should be. Oh, yeah. On Twitter. As I've said ago. before, no one should be in jail for just using or possessing marijuana. Today I'm taking steps to end our failed approach. Wait. Allow does... me to lay them out. Fuck yeah. What if What if the what first step just said, P.S., I'm high as fuck right now? LOL. <laughs> high AF, right? High AF. Second, I'm calling on governors to pardon simple state marijuana possession offenses. Yes. Just as no one should be in federal prison. Look at the likes going up. That's amazing. Tick, 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 no tick, one should tick. be in federal prison solely for possessing marijuana. No one should be in a local jail or state prison for that reason either. Third, we classify marijuana at the same level as heroin and more serious than fentanyl. It makes no sense. I'm asking Secretary, I don't know how to say that name, Becerra, 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 uh, and the Attorney General to initiate the process of reviewing how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. I'd also like to note that as federal and state regulations change, we still need important limitations on trafficking, marketing, and underage sales of marijuana. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sending people to jail for possessing marijuana yes. has upended too many lives for conduct that is legal in many states. Yes. That's before you address the clear racial yes. disparities around the prosecution and conviction. Today we begin to right these wrongs. Fuck yeah. There is a disproportionate amount of African-American men, but African-Americans in jail for minor marijuana possession while women in Santa Barbara are like having cooking parties with it. Like white women and white well, families. Well, it's legal in California. It is legal and... That is true, and there is breaking the law, but again, we're talking about uh, punishment outweighing a crime. Oh, for sure. Like, there are people still in jail years later, and it was the smallest amount, and now that it's legal, let them out. Yeah, well, there's people that are in jail, and they can, like, literally look out their bars and see marijuana shops. Yes. It's, well, it is a way- Especially in Phoenix. It's a very quick and easy way to feed this industrial prison complex. Yeah. Uh, He's totally right in doing that. Yeah. It It is a class racial issue. It is that thing where now that it's legal- I mean, yeah, it's just a way to feed that prison complex. That is the point. Well, it's it's a stupid fucking law that shouldn't exist. And if you believe in freedom, you should believe in the freedom to explore your own consciousness. And that's what marijuana is. The myopic, I think it's very easy to live in your reality. And people in, like, say, Los Angeles get very accused of living in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And my whole thing is it's 80% Mexican in L.A. It's called, it's a pronounced abuble. But it's very easy to live if you are a farmer in rural Nebraska and you have these conservative values and you don't live in like an urban area, you don't share the same streets that I do, of course your values and your are going to be different. And that's okay. That's what local elections are for. And so I think it's very easy to be um, pro-life, especially if you're a man because you're like, this doesn't really affect me. Or I'm a 60-year-old, right. like I'm not thinking about this. I think it's very difficult. I think the exercise in living in a society is thinking about other people. And that's what taxes are for. Those go to schools. I pay taxes for schools that my kids might never attend. This is what you sign up for when you live in a society is maybe considering how to not hurt your neighbor. And so that's why I was so pro-mask because it's like this is how you don't hurt someone when we believe that those were, and I still do, the thing that helps, right? And I think people tend to vote, oh, I want the death penalty. Sure, you don't know the fucking guy dying. It's not your brother that's been falsely accused. So I think 
the less experience you have with people who are less like you, the more likely you're just going to vote for your own self-interest. That's absolutely true. Yeah, and that's always going to be the case. It's people, they have a limited perspective based on what they've experienced. And if you are in the middle of nowhere in a rural place and you have a very religious upbringing and you think that people in Brooklyn or people in South Central Los Angeles should adhere to your values. Right. You know, that's that's not only is it not realistic, it's not informed. I'm never about spreading my values as much as giving people options. That's why it's pro-choice. And I believe in choices in general. And I understand the vaccine thing, which is also like I'm not in the streets telling people to do it. It was my choice to get it. So I just want people to have the choice. And I want people to also have the choice to make decisions about their own health, meaning I don't want to be forced to get sick because you chose not to do something. It's the same reason you can't go into a movie theater and yell fire. Like your choices shouldn't have to affect or harm other people. And that's a very gray area because where do you draw that boundary? Well, well, the problem with that boundary is we need to know what is actually going on. Right. We need to know, like, what are the financial interests involved in making decisions? Because especially when you're dealing with anything involving pharmaceutical companies or the government, it's mostly about money. I mean, that hydro, when hydrochloroquine, when that came hydroxychloroquine. out, hydroxychloroquine, when that came out as like a cure-all, I remember the guy, I remember looking this up because I was like, I was so proud of my journalism, but it was some, the guy, I remember the guy was Indian who was like the head of the pharmaceutical company that was in charge of that. And I Googled and I saw that he had had dinner with Donald Trump, like in March of the pandemic year. And I was like, you know, someone shook someone's hand and was like, we'll sell this. I don't think so because oh. hydroxychloroquine is not – it's not expensive. It's, there's no money in that. Hydroxychloroquine is uh, something like ivermectin, which is uh, – it's a generic drug. The problem with generic drugs is these off-label uses of generic drugs, it's, anybody could profit off of it. What they want is patented drugs. So they come up with a drug that's either similar to that, has a, a, a similar effect – or, or, you know, an alternative effect, and then mm-hmm. they patent that. That was the drug that, that could, was being touted. So, But that's what they sell. I mean, this is, you, you, when you look into the history of the pharmaceutical companies and what they've done in terms of patenting medicine and demonizing medicines that can't be patented, that are generic medicines, right. it's fucking creepy. Yes. Because they're, they're, they're just about profit. These yes. are machines that are just trying to make money for their shareholders. 100 percent. And that's well, that's almost every company when you really start. It is actually it's a terrifying thing to do to like start to peel back those layers. And I'm all for that education. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about like it is exhausting and really difficult to get objective opinions to really find stuff out. And this is for I mean, there was this documentary on Netflix about like health and beauty business. And they talked about Johnson and Johnson baby powder and how they you know, my my mom, we use that when I was little. I call and I. And now it causes cervical cancer. Yeah. That's what they're saying. I call my mom and I go, hey, if you have Johnson Johnson baby powder, don't use it. She goes, no, it causes cancer. I know that. Like it just became not like it was a thing that was a family company that was sold to everyone. And then when they found out it caused cancer, they started marketing it to poorer communities. And so when they found out it causes cancer, the they docu- started marketing to people. They started anyway? putting it in like black and brown communities. Really? Yeah. This was what in the documentary. This? What documentary uh, is It's called... It's if you Google like Netflix beauty doc, there's like a bunch of them, but this is the one. What's it called? It's called. I'll tell you right now. It's called. Hold on. 
Toxic beauty. Jesus Christ, these people are fucking creeps. And then you even go, just to products that you think like if you've got curly hair, which is which I do, which is a very malign thing. You find this product that's great for it, and then they go into all the all the information that's not being told to you, and it is a full time job. And then you're called a heretic if you come out against some of these things. And it's, I applaud a lot of what you do on this podcast. I know a lot of your guests are polarizing. I know you don't always have the right info, but I do applaud the pursuit of that information because there's always so many levels and layers, particularly in government or products or anything. These things that make our lives run, there's darker motives happening. And you sound crazy if you say it. You sound crazy in the beginning. And then ultimately, you if, you're correct, if you're correct, <laughs> yeah. people find out they've been duped. Or they're and dead. And that there's money involved in this. Right. And that that's why this stuff has been propagated. That's how I feel about the abortion thing. I'm like, this can't be about religion. Do you really think that it's a... I think it's probably a voting issue, you know, for sure. You know, which is, uh, I think, a, uh, look, cynically, I look at this Biden decision about marijuana. I said it's a voting <laughs> issue. They're trying to win the midterms, which are, you know, right. in a couple of weeks. And that's how they're looking at it. Um, I, I, but I applaud the sentiment behind it and what it actually will do for people, which I think is great. And if that's all it takes to get them to do that, to, to make it incentivize them to do something that's the right thing, that it's going to, all they have to do is like, do it because they want to get the votes. Good. Let them get the votes. Thank They're God it's for the a right good thing. thing. That is the right yes. thing. It shouldn't be demonized. Did you see the clip this morning where he was caught? He was shaking hands with someone and then on a hot mic he said, nobody fucks with a Biden. The Did president, he really say that? The president said it. Oh, he's so, he's so gone. And, well, he's so I don't gone. know. I think that's kind of. No, but he's gone. He's, he's fucking got dementia. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The guy, do you see that speech the other day? He was talking about no that buts. woman. There's no buts. It's 100%. If you talk to any person who treats people with dementia and you show them what he used to be like versus what he's like now, there is clear evidence of cognitive decline. I mean, as long as you're making as long as you're doing stuff like this, I'm OK with it. Like the marijuana legend, like as long as you're calling for stuff like that. Well, at least do something good, good on your that way he's out. doing that. But that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about his he's got dementia. Or something. There's some sort of cognitive decline. You see that thing the other day where he's calling, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? And that Jackie lady been dead for a month? There's someone who worked for him. Like, he doesn't have all of his faculties in order. Like, people knew that going into the election, and it's only deteriorated with pressure and stress and age. It's like, that stuff doesn't get better as you get older. It gets worse. Okay. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. We get worse as we get older. Well, especially him. He's old as fuck. Nobody fucks with a Biden. <sighs> Such a silly man. I He's think always for, been silly. By the way, for any man to say that. What was he saying? Yeah. Here it is. That's a funny thing to say. Yeah, I, I love no it. problem with that. I love it. That's exactly right. I, I wasn't saying he had to man. I was just Did saying that independently. No, that? it was just news. It was oh. just kind of out of character for him. I like it. I like that. It's cheesy, yeah. but it's cool. It's funny. He's talking to some regular dude and just shaking hands. No one fucks with the Biden. Like, yeah, okay. I mean, we've all said stuff with our mics. I've yeah. peed with my mic on. I've nothing wrong with that. I don't give a shit. Wrong with saying something into a love. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it is what it is. He's he's old, but that thing, like, who cares about that? How's that even news? It's kind of funny. It just popped up on my yeah. Instagram. I don't know. It wasn't like on the front page of the New York Times. Well, I'm sure some people are gonna run with it. Some fucking Fox News people are gonna think it's evidence of his moral decay or something 
Well, I mean, I mean, it did lead you to go into a whole thing about which you also said to me last time that he had dementia. He's got something. He's got some. You think he's got something? Yeah. You ever seen the compilations of him just stumbling and not knowing what to talk about, losing his place and forgetting? Oh, I forgot about. Let it. me. Let me. It's I, not good. I'm not. I don't have a take on this as much as if you. So a president has to talk a lot because they do those compilations on George Bush. They do them on. Donald Trump. Sure. If you, I mean, they could do them on you or me. Like, if you film enough of someone talking yes. and you cobble it together. Um, what's the one from, there's another one of him doing something like that. He did No One Fucks With a Biden. Oh, it was George Bush. There's this clip that went around recently where he, like, says something about the Iraq war and he goes, now watch me tee off. Or, like, now watch this long shot. And he just turns around and hits oh, a I've golf ball. I've seen that one. That's I kind of don't hate it. I think no, it's very funny. hilarious. Well, yeah. what do you want the guy to do? What do you want him to First do? First of all, he's a human being, and he's in the middle of... Golfing. Golfing and in the most insanely pressure-filled life the world's ever known. Yeah. If you're a president, that job is fucked. And you are under scrutiny 24-7, and you're just living this bizarre world where, in this bizarre world where you're in control of the economic future, the environmental future, the international treaties and laws, and whether or not we invade countries and interventionist foreign policy, like the fucking chaos involved in being the president. You can't let the guy talk some shit and now watch this drive. That's kind of funny. That's the reason most people voted for him. Right. And so I just, I mean, it doesn't matter he's now. He's a regular guy. He's regular Joe you want to yeah. have a beer with. Mm. And so. It's a weird thing to want from a leader, right? Well. But I guess it's better than someone who you don't want to have a beer with. Have you seen I some don't... fucking creep who's just like, just some weird lizard person who just doesn't make any sense to you? Do you and... want to have a beer with Vladimir Putin? Um, I'd have some vodka with that guy. Would you have him on your podcast? Well, I don't speak Russian, so I don't think we would be able to communicate correctly. I don't know how well he speaks English. But it would be a fascinating conversation to yeah. uh, to to hear his perspective. Yeah, yeah. But the guy's a tool. Well, he's definitely a killer. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's the I mean, he's a former KGB. Yeah. What was KGB? And then what's it? What's the other um, FSB? Yeah. He's um, it's a scary man, and he's also insanely wealthy. Is that it? He's FSB? in there. There's like you've seen the picture of his. Well, they thought it was his house, and it looks like something yeah. that like a villain would live in. Yeah, it's like a, some fucking massive compound that's worth like a hundred million dollars. I read Red Notice. I don't know if you read this book, Bill Broward. Did you read this book, Red Notice? And it's about the is it Magnitsky Act? It's like this. Uh, it's basically about a guy who did like private wealth management, and he got into Eastern Europe. This is a true story, and he got into Eastern Europe and managing money over there. And it's about how he got tangled up in Russia and then they ended up murdering like one of his accountants and they tortured him so horribly that this guy then dedicated his life to getting laws passed about the way people are treated abroad. Um, And he talks about Vladimir Putin and he talks about how corrupt it is over there. And it's all a true story. It's a, I don't even know. I think they made a really bad movie about it. I I think the rock was. Oh, it's insanely corrupt. It's a really good book. Uh, It's an insanely corrupt part of the world. And whenever you have an autocrat, you know, whenever you have one guy that gets to stay in power for as long as he wants, which is essentially where yes. Vladimir Putin is, and a guy who poisons and kills his enemies. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking scary situation. Yeah, thank God we live here. Thank God we live here. Yeah. I mean, it's better. It's not ideal. It's not the best. But, but it's I, the best that available. I think, you know, you're allowed to... I'm allowed to be proud to be an American and embarrassed at other times. And mm-hmm. I think we have an issue with people 
not being bleeding heart patriots or it's like, oh, you're too much of a snowflake. It's you're allowed to criticize this land that you love so much. You're allowed to express yourself. You are allowed to express yourself. If you don't want a person to express themselves and you don't believe in real freedom. Because people should have the ability to express themselves incorrectly and make mistakes. And the way to counter that is to express yourself correctly and make better points, make mm-hmm. better arguments. That's how we find out what's real and what's not real. When you can t- find the tyrants is who's fucking silencing people, who's stopping people from expressing themselves, yeah. who's stopping people from expressing opinions that th- they disagree with, that other people disagree with. I don't have an issue with that, but I also wonder what about people who purposefully disseminate Wrong information. Yeah, that's creepy too. That's super creepy. And that is also, it should be like criminally liable, right? If you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're working for a company and that company tells you something and you know that for a fact and then you go out and spread information that is incorrect because it's in the greater interest of that company, Mm -hmm. it's criminal. If you knew better. Yeah. If you knew better and you you better, and you do it for profit or you do it, you know, you have motive. Yeah. That's, but that, the, I mean, that goes back to what we're talking about, like finding the truth. It's so difficult to know the truth sometimes with very complex issues. It's like trying to get as many objective sources of information as possible. And, and it's such a fast your news cycle. Opinions. Yeah. Just you start to dig into one thing. I and mean, at some point you have to feed yourself. Yeah. You have to have a living, mm-hmm. you know? And I think too, as comics, you know, like, I have this desire to be on the right side and to know everything and to be as well-rounded as possible, but I also have to, like, hold my daughter, and I also have to write jokes, and you also want to be funny, but it just feels like the stakes are so high lately. Yeah. And you have the freedom to sort of at least make your own schedule. I mean, you have shows that you have to go to, and but you have most of the day. And, you know, you have responsibilities, but some people don't even have that. Some Some people people have... They're constantly working. And mm-hmm. so to ask that person to be uh, up on the news cycle with everything that's going on in the world and, and have an informed opinion and a hot take on every fucking... It's too much. It's too much. And it's and it's just getting worse. It's just getting... There's m- information overload. Overload. Content overload. Yeah. I saw somebody the other day said... Because I look at a lot of TikTok. And it's great sometimes. And then it, it, it eats away at your brain at other times. She It was just this thing that was like... Try to avoid, I think it was called like a dread dread scheduling. And I didn't look into it, but I was like, I try to live my life by having as few things on the calendar that I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I bet you have the ability to like have a life that's like dread free. Minus like you got to go to the dentist or something. Yeah, I don't have very many dreads. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a big part of happiness is like just not booking the thing that you kind of don't want to do. Yeah. Well... Once you're fortunate enough to be able to do that, the key is to not slide into dread just for financial gain because you're not even going to notice that money. What you'll notice is your time being, uh, you know, used in a way that you don't want. And sometimes people they don't, can't see the forest for the trees and they just focus on money instead of focusing on just I just want to avoid doing things that that suck. Right. I I say this to comics all the time. Like when you start, it shouldn't be about the money. And I'm saying that as a person who started, like, with a normal day job that, like, wasn't cool and it was a pain in the ass to get to. And you do comedy because you love doing it. And I had no idea the potential or how much money you could make. I didn't know anything about the pay structure for that kind of stuff. But it should be you're doing it. You're doing your art because you love it. That's part of just being an artist. You get into private wealth management because you want to make a lot of money. Yeah. Not for the, the art of it. Yeah, that's the problem with money things. 
you know, like equity funds and private wealth management and stock traders. It's like the whole end goal is to accumulate numbers. It's not to create a product that's going to enrich people's lives or going to be exciting for people to, you know, consume. No, it's like you're, you're just trying to rack up numbers. That's a fucking empty pursuit in and of itself. I mean, it's just a weird thing. You're, you're just, and you're never happy unless you make more every year than you did the previous year. Nobody ever says like, hey, you know, I'm locked into a pretty reasonable living. And right. so I'm just going to keep that going. I'm going to maintain that. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. Even though it's your show, let me ask you this. Because I get asked this all the time and I, I always hate the question because for many reasons. But like, do you have career goals beyond this? Or are you like, I did it. I'm good. I never had any career goals, <laughs> legitimately. Right. I didn't. I just like doing things. Right. And the things that I like to do, I try to do them my best. Right. That's That's the healthy career. answer. Yeah. I think that's a similar answer to mine. Because I, if I just decided that I have some fucking grandiose goal, like, where is that going? Like, and what, what, what if I achieve that? I'm going to do another one and just keep pushing further and further? Like, I think that's madness. I think you lose your fucking mind. Mm-hmm. I think life is a temporary situation, and you should enjoy as much of it as possible. And I think that one of the ways that I find that I enjoy it as much as possible is if I do things that are intriguing, that are d- difficult yeah. and complex, and where they're challenging. And so I, I, I overcome obstacles, and I, you know, I figure things out, and I get better at stuff. Whether it's communicating with people, or it's doing stand up, or whatever you do, I like challenging, interesting things, fascinating things. You do that, and you. I think you've built. Whether you realize that from the beginning or that's become a thing, I think you've built a life that really is around those things. Yeah. Like, that's what this podcast is. It's not, like, a show about, like, feelings and baking. Like, this is interesting people, maybe me as a guest excluded, and interesting (laughs) topics and the pursuit of that information. Yeah, it's like, what am I interested in? I mean, the only people I have on are people I either like, like you, or people that I I think I want to talk to. Because I think you know they have an interesting topic that they're pursuing, or some documentary, or a book they wrote, or something. It's like I I only have people on that I'm interested in talking to. Sure. I don't have anybody telling me who to have on. That's so. the, that's the t- I think the toughest part about podcasts is the guest booking, and then like in the beginning where you're just like I gotta interview this person, and like you're like I don't want I don't care what they have to say, and you still have to do the interview. I've avoided that. You have in the beginning even I was I there was a lot of people that tried to get on the podcast that I'm not interested in. I just said no. And so I've had even a confrontations with some people that want to be on. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to have you on. <laughs> oh, they've come up to you and been like, I gotta get Fuck on. Yeah, that's the best way to not never have me on or never have me have it's you to get on. in your face. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ, do you think like being confrontational is gonna help? I've had to do. Sometimes I'll, I do. I've had a lot of great interviews, but sometimes you're, I'm being interviewed, and I can tell they barely know who I am, and I mm. certainly don't want to be there. And I'm under my keyboard. I'm just like squeezing my thigh. Because I want to be like, what are we doing here? Please don't ask me about balancing at all. Please don't ask me how I got into comedy. You don't care, and I don't care. Well, they don't know what to ask. Well, not everybody should have a fucking podcast. (laughs) Not every. I'm serious. Everybody has one, and not everybody. There is an art to interviewing. Like earlier, when I forgot what I was saying, you weren't like, let's see, you were talking about you just sat there and let me stew. And that is, there's an art to that. Well, I was hoping you would come up with the thought. Yeah. I just gave you the chance. I didn't want to like talk over you. Because if I talked over you, then you'd never get it. 
You know, when someone starts talking over you when you're trying to think of things, then you're just reacting to them talking. You're never going to get it. I talk over. I, it's, it's a bad quality of mine, and I understand. I acknowledge that. It's uh, a normal quality, particularly for someone who talks for a living, because you're good at it. So you always have words that you have at your the tip of your tongue that you can get out. Sometimes it's a harder thing for comics when they're communicating with people is to just let that person talk. And it's it's definitely a learned skill. And I'm definitely like way better at it now than I was when I first started. I, I'm not saying you weren't good at it before, but like I get interviewed a lot. I think there are hosts that are good at it. I think you're good at it. I think Jimmy Kimmel gives like an elegant interview. There are certain people and they're I, I, just because I did that recently. I'm thinking about that. But there really is an art to it. And I actually... The older I get, and maybe it is since having a baby, the less I want to volunteer. And, like, you're not, um, when I talk to you, you're not ever, like, over-enthused. Like, you kind of just hang back and you listen. Like, you have less to prove. I like that. I like to be like that, I think, is the cooler way to be versus, like, yeah, also something else. I think there's, like, a calmness to it that I, I don't think I naturally have. I think I'm, like, a very... Not very intense, but intense enough. You're pretty intense. I'm pretty <laughs> but that's, that's passionate. Okay. Yeah. That's you know, you have your thoughts and your opinions and it's not like you're closed minded to other people's opinions. You know, you're you know, but you're very strong willed and you have your ideas. Willful. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up the uh, characteristics of Tibetan spaniels the other day, because I have one. Yeah. It said that they're willful. Willful. And I was like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want to listen. That's that's the <laughs> It's a dog, though. Pick the perfect you know? job for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, otherwise you would never have been a comic. I think it's way harder for a woman to be a comic because, first of all, there's a certain prejudice that a lot of men have in the audience. They don't want to hear a woman talk. They don't want to hear a woman on stage. And it's also there's certain subjects that some men in particular don't want to hear women express. They don't sure. want to hear them talk about politics. They don't want to hear them talk about – they don't want to hear them giving advice or – you know. And, and then when it comes to like sex talk – and, you know, and a lot of men have a really difficult time with women making fun of men in their act. So there's that. You know, I, it's challenging. It's challenging. I think the longer you do it, I'm lucky that the people coming out are fans. It's not like a paper sure. room or anything. And sure. So I think that they come out expecting it. And I think, particularly in this new special, I address the men up top. I'm like, I really want to include you. I don't look at, I don't like that, and I talk about this too, that faux feminists like men are idiots right girls like you will alienate smart women and you will alienate all the men yeah. i don't i believe feminism is like treating them equally sometimes women fuck up sometimes men fuck up but these large generalizations of like men are idiots men are dumb right girls like i don't know who that's serving i have it's just weak it's, it's just, just a, pandering yeah it's uh, pandering it's a, it's just a, a cheap way out well I, I have issues with things like girl boss i've always shuddered at that <sighs> Well, that is exactly why. And I explained to women, I'm like, first of all, the women saying girl boss, usually just doing it as a marketing tool. And you know that girl boss is bullshit because you never hear men say it. That's how you know it's not actually empowering. You never heard a man be like, wow, she did two tours of Iraq and she's a doctor. What a girl boss. If your opposition in a movement doesn't go along with your ideas, then you're not gaining any any ground. And so I don't think talking to women like lobotomized idiots is feminism. And I don't think talking to men like they're the problem is helpful. And I think that's why at least my stand-up works. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a trap, you know. And I think a lot of times people, they take an easy way out. 
with comedy, you know, and they, they try to find like a way that they can uh, mock things that's going to work on stage, at least some people. And then they get into that sort of fucking caricaturist view of, of humans. Well, I just wonder, I like to think the older I get, this special, the last special, you know, this special, like the stakes are too high. You want to make a bunch of dick jokes. That's cool, too. But if you're going to say something impactful, like you need to be ready to defend those things that that you said, those statements. And you have to back them up. First of all, they have to be funny, but back them up with intelligence. And I think when you come from a place of only wanting to make people feel good, my jokes are not designed to hurt. Those are easier to back up versus I said something mean just for the fun of it. Yeah. I don't subscribe to that. I don't get comics who do that. I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you'd set out to hurt a chunk of people deliberately. I think they just try to get a reaction. I think there's a lot of people out there that are just sort of fishing for a reaction. You know, they don't even think it's funny. They just think other people will react to it. That's the internet. Yeah. That's what TikTok is. I don't love doing this, but other people like that I do it, and that's why you're fucking depressed, America. Do you ever look at the fucking user policy on TikTok and how how invasive it is and how much it sucks your data and how much it actually, if you're on TikTok, your other computers that aren't even connected to TikTok, they have access to all that data? No. It's fucking scary. TikTok is Chinese spyware. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. I don't fuck with it. I do. Yeah. I watch a lot. I don't watch it. I don't use it. I am very protective of my algorithm, and I find that in watching it, I've gained an education about a lot of things, social things that I kind of just, they weren't in my purview before, so I like that, but I'm very protective about what I like and what I watch, because it will, it'll just show you more of that. Um, this is a very deceptive company. It and is. The, the company has been funneling information to China and pretending they're not. It's like if you go and look at the violations and if you go and look at like there was a, a, a software engineer that back engineered the TikTok software. So it's like the most invasion of privacy software he's ever seen. But they have this video where there's a Pomeranian. Ah, <laughs> that's how they get you. You know, you ever seen the difference between Chinese TikTok and American TikTok? Like American TikTok is like stupid dances right. and pranks. Yes. Chinese TikTok hi highlights scientific achievements, like athletic achievements. They, there is a difference. My algorithm is a lot of social conversations. It's not the dancing or anything like that. My algorithm is almost, it's almost boring. It's a lot of like etymology. It's a lot of like, here's why the world is carved up how it is. A lot about Iran recently. Like it's a, my news feed almost. Well, that's good. I mean, that is an interesting thing, right, that you can cultivate your algorithm and you just find things you choose on, continue to click on those, yes. and eventually it sort of sorts you out. And I think it's more sensitive, I could be wrong about this, than the Instagram algorithm. On TikTok, like, it's, it almost, like, morphs in real time. Instagram, like, I deeply don't care about Bella Hadid, and it's, like, almost all that it shows me. Hmm. Do you follow other celebrity-type things or models or something like that? No. And that's Nothing what she like is. That. Like she's a... She's a celebrity model. Is that what she is? Yeah. And it's just constant like fan accounts about her. And I'm like, I don't know what I've ever done to Can deserve Can you like this. right click on that or something? Or is there an option to say I'm not interested I in do. this? I do. I do it. And it takes forever. to Like maybe because I listened to a The Weeknd song a week ago. and they date Because they dated. Oh, they dated? <laughs> no. But some, really? So I tend to move away. Insta that's what does it, it, that's how the I mean I'm works, making a joke not, you're not off it's weird there's I've Thank gotten you. weird things for things I've it shouldn't be showing me stuff and, and a like, lot how are we here now 
Because yeah. I, I think it wants to show you because they know that people like this. And I'm like, but I don't. And Instagram's a very millennial app. And the curation of it and the way it looks. And TikTok is very Gen Z. And I enjoy, I, I enjoy TikTok, but it does. There's something deeply dark. The vibration of it is very low, if that mm. makes any sense to you. Yeah. When you're on it. And I've said this before, like, I, I liken it to, like, eating, speed eating candy. You're like, this is so delicious. I love this. I want more. Vanishing caloric density. And then when you turn it off, you're like, I feel really awful. I feel sick. Hmm. It has a yeah. low vibration to it. It doesn't feel positive. Right. Like, you're not educating yourself. You're just consuming short attention span nonsense. Yes. Like, in the moment, I'm like, oh, my God. Of course I want to know, that. like, Marie Antoinette's 10 favorite desserts. Like, that's historical. And then you turn off, you're like, who the fuck is going to ask me about this? Right. Who, why did I do that? Why do I need to know what the gatekeeper at Area 51 looks like? What, his favorite shirt? Like, what am I looking at here? Well, it's definitely the most addictive out of all the apps. Because everybody I know that uses it says the same thing. They're like, dude, I can't put it down. Can't put it down. And yeah. I talk about it in my book. The commodification of our, your own nostalgia marketed back to you by someone who never experienced it feels deeply sinister. So, like, there will be accounts on there. So, I'm 39, right? So, like, right now, the 90s and the 2000s are very in, right? So, you get these accounts that will be like, come along with me and remember Christmas break 2002. And they show you images that tap into your nostalgia. And these are hyper-ephemeral things and then they're gone. And you get sad looking at it because the world feels so scary now. But the person curating that didn't experience that. They're just taking my memories and regurgitating them to me and monetizing them. I think that's very Black Mirror. That's upsetting to me. It is very black mirror. That's a lot of what the internet is right now is very black mirror. It's getting very weird. It's weird and weirder. And if they ever institute a social credit score system, which is one of the most terrifying things that are, are being discussed, that's that's going to be very fucked because then you're going to see incentivized behavior changes in people that are just because they're worried about <sighs> Losing access to their bank account or losing access to travel, which is what they have in China. <coughs> like if you act like an asshole, you, you lose privileges? Not even act like an asshole. If you tweet something bad about the government, if you oh. tweet an opinion that's unfavorable, if you – I mean that's what they have in China. In China, they have a centralized currency, a digital currency, and they're trying to push for that in America. And if they have a centralized digital currency, which means the government has access to turning on or off mm -hmm. your ability to spend money. So yeah. like say if you tweet something that you don't like – uh, this decision about Roe v. Wade and fuck the government and fuck right. these old Supreme Court people, they'll stop your ability to fly. Sure, sure, and sure. That's scary because that's how you engineer social behavior. You well, can engineer it with a social credit score system. Right. And it will 100% be engineered towards maintaining profits mm -hmm. for who, someone, who, yeah, someone whatever special interest groups, funding whatever campaign. And Well, that's the argument. On the other side, you know, you talk about freedom when people shit on America and they're like, oh, I hate when people talk about Nazi Germany or the Holocaust because it's people who are just using it as a pawn in an argument. The fact that I'm allowed to sit here and say whatever the fuck I want and there's not secret police outside yeah. is a beautiful thing. And yes, there are countries where you can also do that, but that is something that's very special. Like, yeah. I, I am not afraid. I'm afraid of some people saying horrible things to me. But I'm not afraid of my financial viability and my family's safety right? Um, because I said I don't like a government decision or the president or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, that's the level of freedom that we have here that doesn't exist in Iran, for example. Well, you know, there, that's this woman who was killed for not having her headscarf on properly. It has ignited this wave of protests all over the world and all through Iran where they're just really freaking out and recognizing, like, this has got to fucking change. So her name was Masa Amini. And they have this morality police there. So her hijab was off by like an inch or two. And they will come and take you even if you are properly dressed. It's just this like downer police that comes and they and they beat her into a coma. Another girl recently, I have goosebumps because I reposted a story about her. Really pretty girl dancing on TikTok. Murdered. Like they just come and take you. And I'm on TikTok and there are there's footage of this. Of these people being arrested and beaten and killed and they're saying they the government is turning off our internet please be our voice and so then you start to think like as a woman as a as an American like how can I help this you can't like donate money they're literally saying please show the world because we can't and it's happening to girls normal girls that could be your one of your friends and it's so terrifying and that's what this uprising is like at a certain point sometimes just like enough is enough and that's what they're doing. And I've just done my part in trying to amplify that for them and sharing those videos because I think a lot of people don't know that's happening. You, we don't live in a world where the government, con- I mean, they control a lot, but like they're controlling your internet. Like they're not going to turn your internet off because it's privatized. And so that's what's happening with them. And they're in the streets and there's footage of girls like pushing back against guards coming to their schools, trying to arrest them. Yeah. Civil unrest in the streets. Families just being murdered, girls, young girls just being killed. I think somebody said something, I don't know if this is right, that like 80% of the population in Iran is like Gen Z or something because of how many people get killed. It's like, don't quote me on that. But there's, it's a crazy thing. And this is not, I think it's very easy for people to look at the Middle East and think of it as the way that we portray it in movies. But Iran was a normal, I mean, we have a lot of Jews, a lot of Jews and a lot of uh, non-Jews in LA that are Persian that came there with tons of money you know, after the ousting of the Shah in the 70s. This was a place that had movie theaters and women wearing skirts and like it was normal, kind of like Afghanistan was at some point. The way that this the, that these women are being treated now, like this was not the way that it always was. Right. And they deserve fucking better. And nobody deserves anything. Even yeah, it's very to scary when a country can decline into uh, a religious dictatorship and that a country that didn't used to be because it makes you worry like could that happen here like mm-hmm. or any kind of dictatorship like one of the, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine we were talking about North Korea and I had Yeonmi Kim uh, Yeonmi Park rather on who who uh escaped from uh North Korea and this is a harrowing story i mean and, and ama- she's she's a really incredible person and the way she tells her story and what she went through right. to get out and eventually get to America and we were talking about it, and I was like, you know what's fucked is like that is happening right now in 2022 yeah. with human beings in the world. Yeah. And that is not happening in America, but it could. All we would need is a series of events to go horribly wrong, whether it's some kind of chaotic war, shutting off the power grid, some sort of a civil unrest, something crazy where some faction of government offered a solution and came in and cracked down on everybody and instituted very rigid guidelines or how you could behave and, and react 
And that's what they did in Korea. They said that in North Korea, they, they, mm-hmm. they took away people's land and they said, we're going to make sure that you always have food. And the way we're going to do this is by take away your land. Yeah. So they took away everybody's land and then they were fucked. And then no one had any power. Starving. No one could do anything. Yeah. They had a, they had a, I've watched a couple documentaries on North Korea. They had a government program and the plant was called like, let's all eat one meal a day where everybody, like they tried to brainwash people into thinking like this was the way to be. And there was no grain and they and no rice, no food. Everybody got one meal. And when people would visit, like foreign emissaries, whatever, they would put on these productions and sing songs about how bountiful their produce and grain was. And it's all, it's all like it's like a movie set. It's yeah. all fake. Yeah. And they will kill three generations of your family if you try to escape. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's and the thing. They'll imprison them forever. Yeah, I it's, it's think dark. about all the time. I get nervous about our country being headed for a civil war because of how like the disparity between yeah. the two sides. And I think about that and I think about I get very upset. Of course, I have a daughter, but I think about like I don't know that I have the financial resources to be OK if that broke out. I don't know how to start a fire. <laughs> I don't know how to like purify my own water. I think about like those kind of weird things, because what do you do? It's not. Well, that's that's uh, a worry for sure. How to get food, how to get water. The real worry is people. When people get desperate and people get scared and when the resources run low, that's when lawlessness happens. Mm-hmm. And then you get a Mad Max type deal. And it's um, it's possible. It'll be over water, I believe. Could be. Yeah. Could be over water. It could be over food, power. It, it could be over, uh, you know, energy consumption. It could be over, over a lot of things. All, we'd, all it would take to really have complete unrest in this country is the power to go off for a month. Don't say that. It, it's true. Don't, don't say it to the because then someone will do it. Well, they already don't know. Don't they already know. The people that could do it. I mean, it happened in Texas, didn't it? No. Oh, was it that? almost happened? Okay, we're um, um, It's happening in California constantly. They they tell you to buy an electric car. You have to all. Everyone has to only no gas consuming vehicles. No internal combustion engines be sold after twenty thirty five, and then the next week. They say, don't charge your car right? because the power grid can't Again, handle it. Again, what is a person supposed to do? It's a good question. And then I have a car that's a hybrid and the computer died and now it's got a, they're like, we need to call Ukraine to get a part. I'm like, war-torn Ukraine? That's where their priority is sending me apart from my Volvo? Cool. Like, you're so fucked. <laughs> you're so at the bottom of a food chain. Yeah, well, that's the problem with not having American manufacturing. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the companies I work with is Origin. It's a, a company that's trying to bring back American manufacturing clothes, and they make shoes, and, and now they're making, like, hunting wear. And they're trying to—everything is made in America. The cloth, the right. stitching, the thread, it's it's put together in America. Is it at a reasonable price yes, point for what it is? it's a very reasonable price point. And they're trying to make the best stuff they can with, with what we have here. With what we have here. Because when you saw during the pandemic, one of the things that was really scary was how much medicine is made overseas. Right. And how it was very difficult to get things like computer chips. Oh, and, my God. And yeah. from Taiwan, all of this stuff, we, I believe, bringing jobs here— creating a robust infrastructure and being self-reliant, not on foreign oil, not on foreign anything. It can't just be that our number one export is military services and entertainment in this podcast. Yeah, it's not good. And I think there's a lot of people that woke up to that during the pandemic, but probably not enough because as soon as things kind of semi go back to normal, people relax and go with the old ways. And it's just cheaper to get... Look, 
everyone wants to be a social justice warrior, right? Everyone wants to talk about injustice in the world, and they want to do it from a fucking phone that's made by slaves. Y- and yes. that's real. Your fucking phone is yes. pieced together by people who can't afford to do anything else, and they're working 16 hours a day in well, China. Well, that's why it's also cheap, because of foreign labor laws. Exactly. We don't have that here. We have you know unions and these types of civil rights, and so... You're, for, by and large, you're not getting made in America because it is cheaper. People make more money when they do it somewhere else. So but I want to know how much cheaper. How much more would I have to pay for an iPhone if they made it in Ohio? Will you pay people a reasonable living wage, give people health benefits, and let them live well? But how much would it cost? I don't know. Would it cost know. twice as much? Because I'd pay twice as much. If, I, if they had an American version of these phones and uh, mm-hmm. a Chinese version of the phones— and the American version was, you know, 50% more or whatever, I'd fucking pay it. I think as long as people stand, people in positions of power stand and make a lot of money, then they don't really care about a crumbling infrastructure. If I'm a, if I am a CEO of a company and my job is to the shareholders, my mission is to them, yeah. and profit margins, I will take this to another country, and I won't care when this all burns because I'll be on a yacht to Mars. <laughs> Maybe. But I would think that if a company came along that did offer an American-made solution where you don't have to feel gross about yeah. buying something that you know is made by people that are working for an insanely low amount of money with no benefits whatsoever, or a place like Foxconn where they make iPhones where they have fucking nets around the building because so many people have jumped off the building and committed suicide that they surround the building with nets. What? Did you know that? No. Foxconn. Google this. Foxconn, the company that Apple employed or contracted to construct iPhones, put them together. In China? They're so fucked and the, the, the working conditions are so horrific that they put nets around these buildings because so many people were jumping to their deaths. Wow. That's another thing. Right to death. Do you have the right to death? You do in Oregon. Right. I have a friend who's dying right now and he's Oof. trying to go to Oregon. He has ALS and it's really oh, bad. That's so awful. And uh, he's trying to figure out what to do. And you know, insurance changed his medication. And he's in constant pain now, and he's falling apart. That's so fucked up. And it's one of those uh, deteriorating, debilitating conditions that doesn't seem to be a real clear. Um, no, you don't get better from that. Yeah, nothing. They, there's some hope so far with uh, recently, rather I should say, with stem cell treatments. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I mean, that's... So this is it. Okay. Those are the nets around Foxconn to keep people from jumping off the that's fucking gonna roof you? to their dent. That's yeah. going to catch you from the 12th story? Yeah. Yeah. Was made in... Oh. I mean, it's not 12th story, but it's high oh. enough that <laughs> it'll kill you. Well, you say you make an iPhone. I thought it would be like a giant factory. Well, it's a big factory. It is a big it's just factory. not, it doesn't have a lot of floors. But peop, so many people were yeah. climbing up there and jumping to their death that they put fucking nets around the building. And look yeah. at how these people work. Just all day, all day. 16 hours a day. Yeah. Go back to that picture that you just showed, Jamie. It's a quote. Look at this. One million workers, 90 million iPhones, 17 suicides. Who's to blame? Yeah, that article was from 2011. So yeah, so it's a lot ago. more now. And that was 2011 was the iPhone was only like five years old then, right? Like when does it? Something like that? 708, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think this goes to it's such a blurry the the lines are so blurred because there's corporate responsibility there's civil responsibility there's moral obligation there's you know and so i think we have in my book i talk about i'm disgusted with the number of options we have like there's like eight different colors of blue for crocs and i'm disgusted at that i'm disgusted that and that's just a piece of plastic that's eventually going to go into the earth 
That grosses me out. But people are buying it. So it's not like we're inundated. Like, people are buying. They clearly want all those options. Why does that bother you? It bothers me, I guess, because overconsumption, conspicuous consumption, grosses me out. The overconsumption of luxury grosses me out. Um, And just how materialistic our society is. Look, I drive a nice car. I own a home. I own any Crocs. I don't own Crocs. <laughs> We're not. I'm not a big like. I just. It is all damaging for the planet. But you cannot to blame one branch of that, as if this is they're operating independently. Like right. this is all just feeding it, and it's so hard to stand for anything because at the end of the day. You know, like, oh, I hate capitalism. It's like, oh, but I really want those cups overnight, so I'll use Amazon. There's no – every day you wake up and you just have to decide what part of the environment do you want to hurt. Yeah. And you can. You're right. You're sitting there from a phone and you're sitting there – I talk about this in my book and you're sitting there. Anything you stand for, you are ripped apart for because you didn't stand for anything else – for something else based on when someone saw you. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, we have to save the environment. And then someone will be like, why do you why are you talking about the environment when women in Iran are dying? Why are you talking about Iran when over here black children are dying? Why are you talking about that? Don't you care about trans lives? Like whatever you stand for, you're faulted because you didn't fix everything in the moment. Well, that's also social media again. That's Which people, becomes very real. Yeah, it's people not having a nuanced perspective on on life in general and, and looking for people to be assholes and looking for people to be uh, to blame for things. But also looking for people to be your end all be all, you know, asking your celebrities to dress to be a certain thing or to be a good model for your children. You're like, you're an artist. I'm here to entertain people. If you yeah. don't like something or if that offends you or hurts your kids, then that you can control that. Yeah. You should not be looking to anyone to be your God on earth. No. And, uh, if Kim Kardashian wants to put fat in her butt, what do you care? I don't care. And Instagram thinks I care. And I deeply, deeply don't. I was reading something that there's a lot of women who are taking some new, uh, there's some like a, an injection that kills your appetite and they're doing it. What is it called? I actually know exactly what you're talking about because someone. What is it called? It, it mimics had you had like the stomach surgery like in terms of appetite curbing right i know this because yesterday someone told me that someone they know got it they were talking about the kardashians and they were talking about how how they lose all this weight like the larger girl what it's chloe they were saying that she's always had a problem with weight now she's ripped and that this is what these people are taking she's larger you know the conspiracy on that one is? She's O.J. Simpson's daughter? Yeah. The that's juice. a conspiracy. I don't, yeah. I'd like I buy get, it. I'd like to get a strand of her hair and run it through a lab. I bet you can. I bet they'd sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> How much? I, I, what, I don't know. Probably You just have to brush more. up against her. True. I, you, you probably but, couldn't get that close. No. Security attack with you. I, it, there's that fine line, you know, as a woman, it's like you don't want to win or whatever. I have an issue with that whole family's ethos there were parts of them that i thought were so good the older parts and and i guess at the end of the day this goes back to you know you can't have someone be your end-all be-all like whatever they do these they they seem sad and they live in this bubble they probably have a lot of yes people i think as a consumer put on your fucking hat and realize like these people are not they're selling you tummy tea, detox tea, waist trainers. These are people that are deeply unhappy with their bodies, as most women are. But they're, they don't, you don't have access to the same things they do. So you can work out and diet all you want. You're never going to look like that. 
And I think that's really hard for people to wrap their mind around when you look at Instagram and stuff. It's really there's that disconnect, that cognitive disconnect of like, no one looks like that, but I sure would like to try. Yeah. And this is not a happy person. But this is also a person who's been called the larger one and ugly and all these things her whole life. So that's probably this is larger. She is that's larger. What I said. Psychologically, I'm not. It's not your fault. Psychologically damaging, but she's I, this shot works. I she's, can't believe she's people. Now. I, I can't believe people keep buying into this. I haven't taken it yet. Is it that? Is it what that NFT? Are you gonna? You gonna? No, uh, are you worried about? Um, no, bring it. But is it? Um, is your appetite bothering you? No, it wasn't that. It's called. I I believe this is what it's called. What's it called? I'm looking it up. Uh, semaglutide is like yeah the. Actual yeah. drug, but there's what, like uh, other names right for it. Right there. How many times the Kardashians well, tried to sell us? I was trying to see if this is what you were actually talking about with that them. That is semaglutide <laughs> is what I read. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think I, I was I asked them for like a weight loss something because of the stuff I was taking. I was like, I'm, I should be losing weight. And they're like, oh, take this. Well, what are you eating, buddy? No, I changed First my diet all, a little you're, bit. You're not big. That's where you're I'm not a big boy. I, that's why I haven't taken it yet. Can at I say all he's a big boy? Is that all right? Can say he's big you can boy. say big boy. You can say, you say big, big boy. boy. You can't say big girl. Big boy's a little, yeah. Little. Yeah, it's less offensive. <laughs> you can say big girls. My are thing big girls. about the Kardashians is, in general, this is my take. It's like human beings should have personal sovereignty, and someone shouldn't yes. influence you that much. Yes. Like if that bothers you so much that they're materialistic and that they get their butts done, like that's on you. And I, the problem though is, I'm saying this as a 55 year old wealthy man. Mm-hmm. And I'm not influenced by them. But if I was mm-hmm. a young girl and I looked to them as being the – like that's one of the things that really fucks with people on social media is that you're looking at other people as this, – these are examples of like right. what's ideal. And then if your body doesn't match that, right. or if your lifestyle doesn't match that, and then you have this uh, horrible feeling that you're not valuable, you're not worthy. And so the problem is that a lot of people look to these very wealthy yeah. people with all this plastic surgery is that that is the highest level of achievement because these are the most popular people, right. the most social media and the most money, and it influences people in a negative way. I, com- I agree with all of it. I agree with all of it. You know, if you're younger, that's not your fault that right. you are looking at that. If you are older, and we'll say like if you're in your 30s, you have seen – this family in particular, but just in general, you've seen social media grow and you've seen this family grow and you've seen all of the snake oil over all this time. Mm-hmm. So for you to be surprised or let down at this point is really more an indictment on your intelligence. Yeah. Really? Like you think the family that would sell their own children for money, you think the family that sold you tummy tea and diarrhea pills, you think well, the fam- they had diarrhea pills? <laughs> diarrhea pills. You think this? Well, did they really have diarrhea pills? I think their detox tea gives you diarrhea. Does that's it? how you detox? You you take a shit. I don't think that's think- the mechanism involved in detoxification. Detox tea, but you <laughs> would also not take. De- that's why it's not real. I, but what is it? Tummy teas. They make you take a dump. I literally have never dump I've it out. Heard Joe. People say tummy tea. The the most thought I've given to it is saying those words. <laughs> That's just what it there. Is. I've never thought about it at all. I don't, Chances I, are it involves taking a shit. Do you know what it is? I, even the semi-glutide is going to make you have diarrhea. Where oh, do you where great. do you think like these times they got to escape from it's somewhere? Go somewhere. You're not yeah, sweating out the fat like someone putting in work. And but tummy tea is that real? What the yeah. fuck does that do? Does it this re- was just early, kill your appetite? This was like early 2000s Instagram marketing tummy tea. These are like detox teas, and these family hair gummies, everything they. Hair gummies to make your hair grow. They sell everything. Uh, but isn't everything. it collagen? Like hair, it, it probably actually does help the the health of hair. You can take biotin. Biotin. You know, but like I take biotin, I'm never gonna have 
like lustrous pony hair. Like it will grow pony in. Hair. I had a baby, so it's like ha- <laughs> you know what I look like. All the hairs in the front broke. You know how like Puerto Rican guys get like the Caesar, like it's a yeah. very like Guido look. That's what I have, oh. like a full Caesar in the front. Because nice. your hair breaks, and it will never, it will never look great, uh, no matter how much biotin I take. And so I think at a certain age, it's on you. Like if you're still looking at these petulant women as some source of inspiration, like that's on you. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. But I think you're right about young people. The the the, the thing that's fucked is that that empty pursuit of fame for no reason. Like it used to be that if someone, you know, if you want if you were younger and you looked to some celebrity that was a singer Beyonce or who, whoever it was, you're like, "God, I wish I was like her." Right. Well, that's someone who's like putting out like this incredible work of art that affects millions of people. They dance to it, they sing to it, like it's very inspirational and aspirational. Like, God, that would be amazing to be like her. She inspired me to get into music. She right. inspired me to pursue my dreams. But yeah. when the dreams are just like making money and like sticking your ass out and, you know, and just taking these doctored pictures. I, 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 I don't feel the need to defend this family. The one thing I will say, you know, you have someone, however this came about, made a sex tape with a guy she was dating. And that guy's obviously a scumbag. I can respect that she didn't just lay down. <laughs> And I'm saying this is a joke and take it like that tape leaked or however they got a hold of it. This was going to be used against her. This guy had the tape and he's had other tapes and to pivot because there are plenty of people who have leaked sex tapes that have not risen like a phoenix. Right. Yeah. I can be okay with that. And I can be okay with and I will say this. And I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast. But like if you are not rail thin, if you have thighs, if you are, you know, and this is for a lot of women of color in particular, but even if you're just a white girl and you don't have Nordic model boy hips, these <laughs> women sort of champion dressing for your curves. And when you don't see a reflection, I'm a white upper middle class woman and I still almost am like brought to tears when I put on jeans because my thighs are like a little big. So they kind of made it okay. And I can respect that. But anything else, I'm just I'm just appalled at them. Mm. But I can respect making it okay if you have naturally the curvy body that they have surgery to get. If you have a body like that, I can respect creating a place where, as a girl, you might feel okay about the body that you have. The fucked up thing about that whole skinny look, like really scrawny look that some women think is attractive, like what? men don't think it's attractive. But that's not thing that's not something that guys like. It's in actually generally. it actually has less to do with guys and more to do with an inculcation of an ideal, a brainwashing that is hard to unscrub, and it has to do. I mean, it's deeply Isn't it from modeling photos because it's, models models hang. they're like hangers. The yeah. clothing hangs, and a lot of gay right. guys model, and they model women's bodies after boys' bodies. Right? This is all about how the clothes will hang, and it's so built into our society to be smaller, which ties to feminism and making yourself smaller. But I cannot, even though. I love my body. Like I look at those women, and I'm like, "That's what you want." And this, really skinny. It's I'll never have it. It doesn't matter. But most women, like, it's just a brainwashing thing. And you it's, can't get out of that. It's you can acknowledge that that's unattainable. But and I talked about this in my stand up forever ago. Like every girl looks at her body, you're like, "I just want to lose five pounds," even if you don't need to. Like it's a thing, and it has less to do with being attractive to a man and and just being acceptable. And most men, good guys, they don't think about women. I, I always try to explain to women like the thing that what you're putting your body through 
and what you're putting yourself through mentally with thinking you're unacceptable. Most men aren't looking at you like that. You at your worst, your husband's probably still like, that looks really good, right? Like if your wife didn't shave her legs perfectly, are you going to leave the room? No. And I think this has to do with self-esteem and the way that we treat, that we educate women uh, and the disinformation about their bodies, vaginas, thighs, hips, all that stuff that good men don't actually care about all that bullshit. Yeah, I think it's the the skinny, the really skinny thing. It it has to be from models. It is. It has to be because it's not like evolutionarily. No. It's not an attractive frame. Like evolutionarily, they say that wide hips and large breasts and all that indicates fertility. Mm -hmm. and that's, that's exactly that's right. That's why men are attracted to it naturally. That's exactly right. But that skinny thing is just so odd because like when you see the cover of Vogue or Vanity Fair and there's some girl with like that gaunt face and they're walking and swishing with this little tiny frame body. It's because something's unattainable, sometimes it becomes very attractive to people that can't attain it. It's also ubiquitous. Like for the longest time, up until quite recently, like that is what was shown to you. Mm -hmm. Those models, those designers show those models uh, in pictures, in, in uh, magazines. This is what, like, your body was wrong, and that's what it should look like. And clothing was made for those bodies. And so you grow up, and then all of a sudden, all bodies, all shapes are acceptable, but we can't undo the brainwashing in the back of your brain of, like, your whole upbringing knowing that, like, because you didn't look like that, your body was wrong. I wonder if there's ever been a study on the uptick in anorexia in, like, accordance with, like, uh, how it correlates with uh, fashion magazines. I think like it, it's when, something like 100%. <laughs> like, when did it happen? Like, when, <clears throat> like, was anorexia around in the 1800s or people are starving to death? So, being thin, being fat was always a sign of wealth. I'm positive that you know this. Yeah. Uh, and the ability to, like, have food and have animal meat and chew the fat actually comes from uh, when you'd have your neighbors over, you would break out the fat and you would chew on it with your neighbors. This is like pre industrial revolution. Like, yeah. this is, you know? Um, and then, and like the way women's bodies looked, an hourglass figure was seen as attractive. But you can't have an hour, you can't uh, ex ex exacerbate your hourglass figure without a whalebone corset. And people would faint from these. That's why we had fainting couches. So yeah. women's bodies were always through the lens of what was uh, look what looked fertile to a man. Right. And so many, so much of this stuff fluctuates so much. I mean, a tan, having a tan, which is like so important now, used to be a sign that you worked in the fields. Right. That you worked outside. Coco Chanel came back from the French Riviera with a tan, and all of a sudden everybody wanted one. These things are ephemeral. These things are fleeting. These things are minute-to-minute -minute thin eyebrows, you know, now have bushy eyebrows. Kim Kardashian always had a black woman's body. She modeled her body after a black woman's body. That is a fact. Having the bigger butt. She had a bigger butt, but getting a bigger, bigger thighs. None of it, her thighs were thin. It never matched her butt. She was emulating what a lot of women of color naturally have. Then she stops dating black men and she starts dating Pete Davidson and all of a sudden she's thin. And I think that's disgusting. Have your body, go with that aesthetic, be what you want to be, move into it. But why shouldn't she have the choice? She can't. She does have the so choice. So why is it disgusting? If she I doesn't think, like the big butt, big tit look and she just wants to shrink her body down? It, it, I think there's it also, doesn't feel like it's for you. I don't know. It feels that. like it. You have to ask her. But also it's a reinventing yourself. There's kind of like it's like a Madonna thing. Like she's always reinventing her look or was back in the day. Changing your hair color is one thing. Getting really toned is another thing. This is a huge difference based on the type of person that you're dating. Or semaglutide. 
Get that semi-glutide. Yeah, maybe it's that tummy tea. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I Tummy tea gives What's, you diarrhea. <clears throat> Medieval times, this goes back to. Oh, uh, anorexia. History yeah. of anorexia nervosa began descriptions of religious fasting during the Hellenistic era and continued into the medieval period. Wow, the medieval practice of self-starvation by women, including some young women in the name of religious piety and purity, also concerns anorexia nervosa. It is sometimes referred to as anorexia mirabilis. So... Mirabilis? Mirabilis. The earliest medical descriptions of anorexic illnesses are generally credited to English physician Richard Morton in 1889. Oh, excuse me. So 1689. There's an inextricable connection between women losing weight and like we talk, like they talk about this one, your connection to being pious. And you can even see that connection today when you see women look at their Instagram profile. Right. And they are fully plucked, bleached hair, giant cap teeth. Right. And, you know, very Orange County. And their bio will say, like, God first. There is. <laughs> did you ever read the Canterbury Tales? No. One of the characters, I want to say it was the prioress, who was this like very pious holy woman, but he goes into great length describing how expensive her outfit was. And there's this connection like looking expensive, being close to godliness. Like the better I look, like clearly I'm I'm a good Christian. Like look at how thin I am. Look how small I've made myself. Look at how much I've done this. And you're actually just keeping yourself weaker. You don't see men doing that as much. Hmm. So there's... It all has to do with, like, contrition, being small, and staying in line. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting, right? There's not a lot of anorexia with men, is there? Some men. I mean, it's a thing. Guys it? have it. Yep. A lot of... Uh, like, what's the... Let's see. Google this. Yeah, it says it in here. Uh, but it <clears throat> it goes into other uh, body dysmorphia. Body things, dysmorphia. Like, men right. using steroids and other things like that. Right. But what is the is like the percentage of uh, men versus women that have anorexia? Like, how much of a disparity um, is it? Because it must be estimated to occur in 0.9 to 4.3 percent of women and 0.2 to 0.3 percent of men in Western countries at some point in their life. So it's a big jump. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, we are. I mean. The first thing you often talk about with a woman is her body or her looks, and then we get into something else. You know, you're so we lead with that. Right. I have to think about that when I walk into a room or when I walk on stage in a way that a guy doesn't have to. Work. And you, you you can choose to not participate, but it's still scrutiny that you face. Right. And it all is connected to <laughs> falling in line, making yourself small, and adhering to a standard. So I think it's you looked at as a not a heretic or a dissident when you. When you are outside of that, when you have a bigger body, you know, it's seen as outlandish. Like, look at how angry people get at Lizzo. Because she's a large woman who, like, dares to be large versus being like, I'm so sorry, I will work on this. Is that why they get angry at her? I don't think she's... Look, First she's, of all, I'm not paying attention to anyone getting angry at Lizzo, so I'm just guessing here. But I don't know any... What, what is, what's the anti-Lizzo I mean, I don't... Group. I'm not a... Lizzo fan or not a fan, but people, I'm not a fan of how angry people get at she's fat, which is something in our society that we don't like. Conservative uproar over, oh, the James Madison flute thing. I think they were worried that she was twerking while she had this 200-year-old flute. They're not worried about the flute. (laughs) I don't get it. They're not worried about the flute. I don't get it. 
I don't know. I don't get most people what they get upset at. I, I really agree. don't. I don't give a fuck what people do as long as they're not hurting anybody else. That's what I'm saying. This girl, yeah. God forbid you are a larger black girl and you grew up with no one to look at and then you get a girl like this. So let them look at her. Let them be okay with her. You don't have to listen to her music. I think it's what we were talking about earlier with social media. It's this outrage that just people look at things to get upset by. There's so many people that wake up in the morning, they grab their phone, they go, what am I pissed off at today? And they just go scrolling through Instagram and scrolling through TikTok and scrolling through their news feed and they find something to get pissed about and then they post it and hope people will get upset with them. With them. And I'll do you one better. Not just get upset with them. They hope in taking you down they can then have your light and replace you. They're hoping to capitalize off of taking you down, which is why they've done it publicly. Yeah. If you get a podcaster that's like, I fucking hate Joe Rogan, he's hoping that all of your listeners will be like, yeah, fuck him, and then go over to his podcast. They want to replace you. This is not, and, and, and devour you. And so that's the danger of social media, is that you get these people who think their shit don't stink, and then they try to cancel you. You ever heard the, there's a great quote, all criticism is the tragic result of unmet needs? I completely agree with that. I don't think all criticism, but I think a lot. I think there's different types of criticism. There's critique and there's criticism. Well, there's valid criticism about things, but then there's also a lot of social behavior, particularly online. I think it applies online in a great way. I think it's, you know what I think it is? I think not enough people have been punched in the fucking face. Whoa. Think about that. Sounds like me. There's a way that you talk to people, right? Like <laughs> no respect. Like me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason we're friends. The people, the way they sound off, I always say at the end of the day, like as a comic, you might say things that you make a mistake or whatever, but at least I had the guts to say it, put my face with it, and stand there in front of people yeah. and say it. I didn't fire it off from the fucking toilet behind an avatar right. of a dumpster. Like, at least I had that, and nobody ever comes up to you in person and says what they said online. Right. Because they don't have the ball. I don't want them to. I don't want to get in a fight, but at least give respect to the person who's willing to stand there and and take the heat, take the joke, take the laugh. Yeah. I think there's a real issue that comedians have in particular of reading too many people's opinions. I think think it's bad for you. I I really do. It is bad. And I don't think you have to because you— are sitting at the top of a very big pile of money, and you have this empire. You don't have to. You are not on the ground trying to, you know. But I stopped before I had to. I mean, I, I, I could have read all that stuff years ago, but at some point in time, I made a conscious decision. I'm like, this is not healthy. I don't feel good, and it's also, it's not representative of. Did you see that fucking thing? Today, you know, Elon Musk is going ahead and he's buying Twitter. He's it's going happening. ahead with the deal. The people rejoice. Yes. I rejoice. Um, fuck censorship. And um, there was someone who was a, uh, I think it was a software security specialist, who believes that as many as 80% of the accounts on Twitter are fake. That was the high estimation. Did you read that? That's so fucked up. Yeah, Jimmy Dore was talking about it on his podcast, mm-hmm. and I saw the YouTube clip of it. But sounds insane, because Elon was speculating that it could be as high as twenty or thirty percent. I think he was thinking, because you know it's hard to know. But I mean, if they decide, like, if, and here it is: over eighty percent of Twitter accounts are likely bots. Former FBI security specialist. Holy fucking shit! Like, what's the point of using the platform then? 
Well, the you pro- know? I think maybe there's a way to find out if a person's a bot at some point in time. Okay, listen to this. Former FBI agent noted that bots are generally designed to accomplish a goal. In Twitter's case, a key goal is to gain followers. More followers mean that an account becomes more influential and could potentially be a security risk. What's interesting is that there's means to get bots for Twitter with country countless entities offering Twitter accounts, followers, likes, and retweets for a fee. Oh. Some are even offered in the dark or deep web. It's also an explanation for someone who hasn't used the internet before. Right. I feel like, like this is the, I, I right. think I showed you this on the podcast like four years ago. Right, but it was before they thought it was that many, right? Oh, so look at this. Woods uh, used these services for a Twitter account he created, and sure enough, they do work. The former FBI agent paid less than $1,000, but the account has now gained almost 100,000 followers. Woods even tried posting straight gibberish and paying a fee to have his followers retweet it, and they did. Oh, with gibberish. Exp- Sorry. I thought you... Yeah, gibberish. gibberish yeah. Nonsense. Uh, with this experience in mind, Woods took his test further, and the results were pretty damning for Twitter's anti-bot measures. He wow. says, I began to wonder how easy it would be to create a Twitter account using automation. I'm not a programmer, but I research automation frameworks on YouTube and Stack Overflow, Turns out it's easy. Taking my testing to the next level over a weekend, I wrote a script that automatically creates Twitter accounts. My rather unsophisticated script was not blocked by any countermeasures. I didn't try to change my IP address or user agent or do anything to conceal my activities. If it's that easy for a person with limited skills, imagine how easy it is for an organization of highly skilled, motivated individuals. That's why it's creepy because once... Uh, so tw- Elon right <laughs> goes sure sounds higher than five percent. Oh yeah. So it's like, what are we doing here? It's just some people are using it. There's content real people, content. but it's yeah. like we have to learn how to separate noise. And the problem is when it's like opinion based stuff, they can influence other people's opinions by saying outrageous things mm-hmm. about people mm-hmm. and do it like that's why it's scary is during election time, because if they're using these things to try to change the way people view things. There's a lot of people that are very easily influenced and if they can use these the Twitter capital bots, should be safe. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I were president, and feel free to poke a hole in this, your social security number is tied to your social media handle. I think that's a great idea. And I- you can say whatever you want, but just know there's ramifications. And if you want to, and there will be a committee to see if you were stupid or in on it when it comes to dispensing disinformation. Because uh, it's not your fault if you thought something was true or good, but if you are deliberately saying things like uh, school shootings don't happen, Sandy Hook was a joke. You should be held accountable for this, and someone was. But you should be held accountable for the information that you espouse, just like we are. I think that might be the only way to do it, is to connect a social media account to a social security number. That's the only thing that you have, like, from birth. Well, that was the only way. Like, otherwise, this thing that he's talking about, how else would you stop that? But then there's problems like, what if you tweeted anti-government stuff and you lived in a country where the, the, the government was you know, autocrat government and they cracked down on you and had you killed because they could connect you to the post where you couldn't have an anonymous account because anonymous whistleblowers are very important. That's true too. I mean, that's what Arab Spring was all about. That's how 
I mean, you can you can overthrow bad governments with that too. Maybe so just with it. I mean, then you can't do it within the U.S. because it's a global thing. Again, I don't have the answer, but there is just no. People just go on. They say horrific things. They incite horrific things, and there's no. And then they just turn it off, and it's and it's gone. So there should be a way to connect it, just so there's some culpability. Yeah. But I'm sure they'll find a way to make that dark. I mean, culpability, I think, is important. But what also is important is that we, we figure out, like, I mean, human beings have to get way better at communicating with each other over these platforms because they're so new. And we don't really, you know, we don't have a, a historical precedent of how to behave and, and treat people through social media. Of course not. It's all in real time. Yeah. And everyone's punished in real time. And what's so fucking weird is that everybody acts as if they're doing it perfectly. Yeah. Well, until it comes down on them. And it There's will a lot of those wokesters to get fucking tackled. It's hilarious. It will come down on you. A lot of people who are throwing rocks eventually get pelted in the fucking head with one. And it's like, wow. That's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to get out of here. Thank you, Liza. Um, I, have, I have to go, too. special. <laughs> I've had to pee for quite some <laughs> okay. time, and I've held it. Oh. Had my tummy tea. Congratulations. Um, your special comes out uh, October 11th. Hot Forever is out Hot October forever. 11th. Forever. It's forever, baby. Wow. Hot Forever. Hot Forever. And your book is out. Is it out now? It's pre-order now, and it's out October 11th as oh, well. Oh, a double dose of Eliza on October 11th. Double dose, double vaccine. Get and, your booster um, shot of your, me. And your um, Instagram and Twitter handle, what is it? I'm is not giving Eliza? that out. I'm not giving that out on here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank see you, you in the comment section. Good to see you, my friend. Love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. I love you, too. Bye. <laughs>